0: Bonus Something extra that is good B.O.N.U.S
1: Bonus
2: What's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to a special episode of two peas on a podcast perhaps the last one that you might ever hear for two peas I don't really know what the hell this is going to be I know it's going to be on patreon it kind of evolved into this roundtable group chat with some close friends of mine in podcasting but my buddy Dan from Netflix and swill and I did the Halloween series Dan what was it last year or the year before that
3: uh, last remember, year I think Harry when was Harry Potter
2: Harry Potter we did immediately after it, right. but I couldn't remember if that was 2020 that we did. Yeah, that was 2020. Okay, so it's been about a year since Dan and I covered the Halloween franchise. And Halloween Kills was just released this weekend, which of course is the latest installment in the series. And we were going to do my first time as kind of like a send-off because Dan has been... Not only a friend, but he's been a you know a producer of the show, really. I mean, he's been editing for me lately and he's been a frequent guest. Dan probably knows, but I want to say like he's been on 13, 14 times over the last four or five years. Something like that. And not even counting Patreon. But anyway, we did. We were going to do that. And then we started kind of talking in our group chat. And it turns out that I'm the only person on the face of the earth that I among the people I know that enjoyed this movie and i said okay well maybe it'd be fun to get some patrons and frequent collaborators on the show to basically just tell me how wrong i am about this film and that's kind of what this has evolved to i'll try to explain why i like it throughout the course of the episode but we're basically talking about halloween kills tonight dan is here as you heard his voice i've Mm -hmm. also got brad from the cinema guys and julio from the contrarians what's up dudes how are you guys i'm
3: doing well I, i i'm looking forward to this (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm glad someone <laughs> is. <laughs> Gerald's <laughs> not get ready for two hours of bullying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know
2: that I can say I am, but I am happy to be with you guys on the mic as always. So, you know, I got some bullet points here about Halloween Kills. So real quick, and this might kind of lend a little bit to y'all's take on it as we get into the discussion. Obviously came out this year, a 2021 film. On Rotten Tomatoes, 39% currently. IMDb, okay. it is a 6 out of 10, 6.0 out of 10. And over on Letterbox, which is quickly becoming my favorite go-to for movie rankings, it's a 2.7 out of five, so just barely over that 2.5 mark. Initial thoughts: Who wants to go first on Halloween Kills? I'll save mine for the end because I think everybody probably knows. Who wants to go first? What's your initial thoughts without giving any like specific things away?
3: Uh, I, I can go. I can go first. Okay. Um, I'm probably more middle of the road. Like I, there were there was plenty in it i really liked like when michael was michael i enjoyed it but it it fell off the rails about an hour into the film and it struggled to try to to bring me back in all right that's without you know i'm not gonna
2: so middle of the road for for sure for you okay Uh, julio what about you man
0: um, I am. I'm probably middle of the road between Brad and Dan. I, <laughs> yeah. I know Dan absolutely despises this movie, and I haven't even heard him elaborate, but oh, yeah. I, I can tell already. Yeah. Well, he's and, Dan, so yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I listened to all the installments of my first time, right. with Dan and, and Gerald visiting Halloween. So I, I kind of I could have told you even before Dan watched it. Uh, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> this okay. movie
0: was a. Uh, a massive disappointment. I kind of agree with Brad that it was good for, for a while. I wonder if the moment where it absolutely jumped the shark for me is the same as the moment where it jumped the shark for Brad. Yeah. But, uh, the last, I would say 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes of the movie are just really, they made me cringe. I was groaning as I was watching the movie.
2: So you don't like that last act, huh? When you get, when they get to the showdown at the Myers house there.
0: No, and and okay. it's right. not about you know. I'll explain why. I, I think that it, it has a lot to do with how I experience this franchise, which is not the way that you experience it, or even my my co host Alex does. Who you know you're not alone in the world, uh, Gerald, because well, Alex I loves this not.
2: movie too. <laughs> I know. I was trying to get him on the on the recording <laughs> tonight. I'm like, please, maybe Alex will help me out here. Uh, Dan, I, I just uh, initial thoughts, man. Let, let's hear it. So Be, I, uh, I, love I mean, me, okay? Love me. No, but go ahead.
3: Uh, I will not. I mean, I posted it on Twitter, being like, based off of everyone's reaction, and most people are bigger fans of this franchise than I am. I, I think this franchise is uh, <coughs> awful. Uh, I think there's, <laughs> I think there's like Star Wars, three good movies out of what nine. What is it? Nine, 12 or, now, 12? If you count these. Yeah. Holy fuck! Well, if you count uh, like, Rob Zombies as yeah, twelve, it's, yeah, it's. I mean, it's the same ratio as fucking Star Wars, man. Uh, it's there's three good movies out of a whole eleven. Like, why do? Why does anybody like this? Uh, mm-hmm. Look, man. Uh, All right, this movie lost me immediately. Doing what it did. In in the opening act, uh, like the the whole setup is like, why do I care? Why should I care? Who are these people? Oh, it's this guy. I don't give a fuck about him or his character. He does nothing but lay in a hospital bed the entire fucking movie. I legitimately (laughs) – like they couldn't even rope me in at the beginning of the fucking movie. And then they just stretched it out by giving me, oh, there's people I don't care about. Oh, here, look, more people I don't care about. This movie is so detached from any kind of reality of what fucking Halloween should be. Like – I know Pete, I know <laughs> Gerald, you're going to come in and say, I like it because it's like, it's fan service to Halloween, but it's not. Sure. Cause it's just like bastardized fan service. It's, it's, it's fan service by like, hey, member Tommy Doyle, member <laughs> Lindsay, member this new character we introduced in the first 15 minutes that you never heard of before. So that way we could have a fucking thing that have a little through line throughout the whole movie. No. Okay. Well, here they are. Here's their backstory. Here's where they are. 40 years later. No one All fucking right. cares. Yeah, breathe,
2: breathe, breathe. Okay. <laughs> no one cares. Take no one cares, breath. Gerald. Okay. All right. All right. Now, I, I, I'm not surprised really by any of y'all's initial thoughts there. My initial thoughts, you know, obviously I am in absolute love with this movie, but I'm really in love with it more for Michael Myers. So I guess I should say I'm just in love with that character. And what we got to see him do in this movie was like going to my favorite restaurant and getting my favorite meal served to me. Now, I do have problems with the movie that I'm sure probably match up with a lot of your problems that you guys are going to voice as well. So we'll get into that. I mean, I'm not an idiot. I realize that this is not a perfect film. But as a giant proponent of this franchise, and it's been my favorite horror franchise for over 20 years, I just, it was one of those things that was really weird. You guys know Loy Sauce. I was texting with him earlier today, actually, because he's a fan of this too. And we were kind of talking about it, and it was weird because this, and you mentioned Star Wars, Dan, so it's interesting that, that you said that. But this is very similar to me when I saw The Last Jedi, and I mean, him and I were talking about this. Because as I'm watching that movie in the theater, I'm going, this is fucking amazing. Like, I fucking love this. And then I get out, and over the next 24 hours, it's like everybody hated The Last Jedi. It was like the fans hated it. They were like, "They he ruined the franchise. There was petitions to take it off, get it out of movie theaters. And that was kind of how I felt with Halloween Kills, because I was really, really soaking it all up and just enjoying myself so much with a few little, you know, quips here and there. But when it was over and I kind of started reading more into it and I started because I stayed away from stuff, you know, until I saw it. But I started reading different reviews and you know people that I follow on Twitter. And, you know, I'm not kidding when I say maybe two out of every 10 people that I follow or whatever in air quotes hated it or I'm sorry, liked it. So eight out of 10 people hate it. You guys obviously included Brad. It sounds like maybe you're kind of on the fence with it a little bit. So let's get into the meat of the movie and we'll kind of do a round table. So we'll kind of go around if there's any points you want to make about certain scenes that I'm going to mention, or you want to elaborate on the previous person's comments or whatever, that's fine. Obviously we start with, you know, we have the uh, opening with Cameron, who is the asshole boyfriend from the 2018 version that I absolutely hated. And I remembered seeing him in the trailer and I was like, oh, God, I forgot this prick lived because I wasn't a big fan of his in <laughs> 2018 film. But he's still alive and he's here. He finds uh, Officer Hawkins who had been injured. We, but we find out Hawkins is still alive. And then we get into our flashback to 1978. So I don't want to give away uh, kind of where <laughs> I'm at with this. But Brad, since you were so generous to start us off, why don't you start off with that kind of initial 1978 recreation that we saw in the first, in, in kind of the cold open of the movie? What did you think about these scenes?
3: I mean, that cold open and back to this 1978 kind of, it gave me the the feels of the original. Like, they did a good job of setting that up and you getting to see eventually the the Donald Pleasant's character. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I didn't like the, you know, throwing in another character in here, trying to. Well, I, I, I,
2: I'm sorry to interrupt. That's Jim Cummings. Now that does anybody else on here that's on here know that before I just told you, does anybody know who Jim Cummings is? Uh, I don't know who he is. Oh yeah,
3: but I didn't uh, what's the, him. Uh, he directed the two movies that you like, Thunder Road and Thunder Road uh, the, and the, the Wolf Werewolf of Snow Hollow? Pff. Okay, yeah. that that thing. Yeah. So
2: that's a, that's a filmmaker that I've met in person at my local Alamo when he screened Thunder Road here. He was taken around during awards season. He is such a fucking cool guy. And, and when I saw him, I'm like, oh my god, that's Jim Cummings. And I like tweeted at him with a little gif of Michael Myers dancing because I guess it was <laughs> under wraps that he was in the movie. And you know he he liked it and retweeted it, but. So, Brad, yes, to your point, but, but for me, maybe this will help you guys understand why, when I talk about this, why I love it so much, because I actually know that dude. And he's such a cool guy, and he's such a good filmmaker. If you guys haven't seen Thunder Road, Dan will tell you, but I praise the hell out of this movie when we did our top five of the year back in 2018, I believe.
3: That sounds right.
2: Uh, uh, but I love that film. But anyway, I'm sorry, Brad. Go ahead.
3: No, no, no. I mean, I I, I was fine with the, you know, getting to see that night. Uh, I was a little upset that they kind of retcon Halloween 2. I kind of hoped that Halloween 2 would still find <laughs> some space in this universe somehow. On, Brad. <laughs> I mean, I
2: guess it did kind of in a way, right? When you talk about Annie later on.
3: No, not in a way. Comments. And they completely change how the it fucking ends. Well, they, true. Yeah. They do. They do. I mean, they still use the the, the clip from Halloween 2 of them bringing her out and him yeah, looking. Yeah, you're right. But you're then right. they mm-hmm. changed it from there. You're right. Yeah. Uh, like, i was i was all in at the beginning of the film like I was like okay here we go we're setting up we know it's seventy eight 2018 this is what timeline we're in it's go time mm-hmm. and, and and let's do this i was i was in for it
2: love it uh Julio what do you think of the 1978 kind of uh recreations that we got here
0: how cool would it have been if uh, we'd just gone back to that flashback and the whole movie had been that <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can, Can you, you imagine? Just, well, Rob Zombie tried that. <laughs> this first one it didn't really work out.
0: Uh, I I don't have a problem with it, and I, I think kind of like to clarify where I stand on. Uh, you know, we we actually watch almost every Halloween movie for the show uh, last year to kind of mm-hmm. around the time yeah, that you we guys nice. were doing yeah. your, your thing. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. so the only one I haven't watched is Resurrection. So uh, whereas <laughs> like a year ago, I would have felt kind of. Unsure of uh, you know voicing any issues I might have with this movie. Like now, I feel like you know I'm not a fan of the franchise the way that Alex or you are, but mm-hmm. or even Brad. But the but I feel like I know enough to where like I can tell you. Look, I I think that there was like a better way of handling this. The, I like the the, the flashbacks. I I, mm-hmm. I like that it seemed like for a little bit that the, this movie was going to flesh out a lot of stuff that didn't get fleshed out the first time around.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can elaborate a little bit on what you're saying, but I know Dan probably has some thoughts on his. No, cause, no, no. Julio, he oh, go ahead, Julio.
0: <laughs> well, I have a problem with the flashbacks. You know, it's it's. <clears throat> that's to me that's what's interesting and that's that comes that goes to with me not really being a, a slasher guy mm-hmm. i kind of like the the stories that are happening in between just the, the 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 fallout and that kind of stuff you know like i really liked that halloween 2 back in the day halloween 2 picks up right after halloween 1 ends mm-hmm. and then you get to see for a little bit like what happened after the end of the first movie that has nothing to do really with the plot, but just kind of like exploring what happened in the community, you know, how every react everybody reacted to that stuff. Mm-hmm. And and so here to to see how in this sort of rebooted red universe of David Gordon Green, what happened specifically that night? How did Michael Myers get captured? Because all we know from the 2018 Halloween is that, well, at some point like they didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. And everybody seems to be pretty cool, assuming that he's a human. Mm-hmm. Right? And worse, if you watch Halloween nineteen seventy-eight, you would think that that creature is superhuman, mm-hmm. right? Based on how it, that movie ends. So I'm like, I was looking forward to this movie kind of trying to bridge the the idea of oh Michael Myers is just a serial killer versus the idea of Michael Myers is a supernatural force of destruction. Which, you know, the the franchise seems to go back and forth between how they handle that mm-hmm. and uh I didn't know much going in about this. Uh Alex had made me watch the the teaser. And the teaser kind of like seemed to hint at them maybe dealing with the fact that, you know, characters realizing, oh, we can't kill him. Right. <laughs> so right. so I thought that this flashback was gonna at, at this sort of structure, we were gonna go into a movie that that explored that. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the right way to go about it, but it's certainly something that I haven't seen in the franchise yet. And mm-hmm. so I was looking forward to it being handled in uh kind of like the serious way like the, you know with a filmmaker that's taking it seriously the way that Halloween 2018 was so I, I was on board I was on board the way that Brad was and the so, kid so, that's playing uh young Hawkins yep. he is uh uh he looks Ben so Mendelsohn's familiar. son oh that's in his... uh, oh
3: okay in the land right. of steady habits oh that. <laughs> that's where I know him from okay <laughs> yep. Right.
0: So okay. I was I was saying I didn't recognize Jim Cummings, but I recognize uh, Thomas Mann. That's OK, name. that's
2: cool. Yeah, I have I have some pointers I want to add to you made some some great points there that I was going to bring up, Dan. I, Go you ahead. Know, make I know your points. Well, <laughs> in, the, in the flashback specifically, I, I thought the cold open to this movie ruled. I thought this was like just fucking nostalgia chills up my spine as a Halloween fan. And it served two purposes, though, because it did do that for me. And, you know, for somebody like me and perhaps Brad and, you know, Alex, but also for new viewers and for a new generation, it was kind of like, all right, guys, let me kind of, you know, tell you if you haven't sat through the 78 film, let me kind of just give you a brief, like, wrap up, you know, of kind of where where this all started and where how Michael got to what you saw in the 2018 film. And it kind of served that purpose, too, but I really like these little... You guys may not have even noticed, but these just little added elements that Gordon Green incorporates here and Danny McBride, who helped write the screenplay, where Jim Cummings' character, who's the new cop that we didn't see in any of the previous installments, and he's talking about how he knew Michael as a young kid, five, six years old, and how his mom would make him go over and play with him because he was kind of like an outcast, and how Michael would just stare out of his sister's window, just like stand there like a statue. Uh, you know, little things like that, that we know, well, like we know Michael does that. We know he stands there and he walks really slowly and he does the head tilt and all that. And just to kind of get that little exposition from this new character, I thought was really cool. But I I, I absolutely, I thought, what did you guys think? And Dan, I want to hear your thoughts on the cold open in general. But what did you guys think of the, Dan, you can go first, the Dr. Loomis kind of recreation, which, by the way, when I saw it initially, which was at home, not on the big screen, I thought it was like a deep fake CGI situation, but I guess you guys know it's not, right? No. It was actually like makeup on an actor, which. Yeah, I, oh. I thought it
3: was a deep fake too. I would have said deep fake, yeah. What it did you guys think of that? Dan, go ahead
2: and give your thoughts too on the Cold Open.
3: Don't care. Literally don't care. Uh, <laughs> the, the movie, The guess what? Hey, uh, 2018 leaves off with. Uh, fucking the the three strodes fucking riding away from the house or walking away from the house yep. or riding away from the house as it's on let fire let it burn let <laughs> it burn uh and hey guess what i want more of that story because at least that story was like at least sort of interesting and then we go back to 1970 i don't fucking care i don't care how he got captured you know i don't okay, give so a you, I, don't, I don't give so a fuck so you were
2: out from the beginning oh
3: right? 100% yeah what I, did you think of care. the
2: what did you think of the Loomis recreation because you and i had some pretty deep conversations about dr Loomis.
3: i don't think you understand how little i care about the 1978 shit i don't care. yeah but
2: i thought i thought you specifically would be like oh dr loomis okay i I, I, I went oh look it's dr
3: loomis i don't care
2: get me to the actual story (laughs) let's go all right well with that being said i kind of you know so i'm riding a 10 out of 10 wave in the cold open right the credits the mute the score by the way the score is fucking amazing throughout this film and we get a lot of that in the opening so i'm fucking like a plus 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 right And then it kind of dips down for me as we cut to 2018, which is the next thing I want to ask you guys about. And it's in the bar with the karaoke scene, right? And we meet some of these characters from the lineage of Halloween that, truth be told, I love all of these characters. But I don't really, well, I kind of want to see what you guys think. But we meet Tommy Doyle. Which, by the way, Brad's nickname is Fuck Tommy Doyle on this chat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we meet Lindsay, Lonnie, uh, Nurse Marion Chambers is back, one of Dan's favorites from the 78 film. Uh, what, it, what did you guys think of this? And then we get some of the 2018 characters as well, because we get the doctor and the nurse, uh, the black couple from the, from the 2018 film. What did you guys think of kind of being reintroduced to characters from so many different eras in this karaoke scene? Brad? I-
3: Again, at this point of the movie, I, I was in. I was like, okay, I'm fine with bringing these characters back. I I didn't so much like that, okay, here's this character. Okay, we got a flashback to a scene from the original movie so you know, oh, mm-hmm. this is that character. Right. And it, I didn't quite like how they did that. Mm-hmm. I, I just wish they would have played it out of like, okay, they're back. Here's the name. If you're a fan, you remember. If not, you'll exactly. get there.
2: Exactly. You know, what I like to point out with that is, and I know this is asking you a lot, so don't get me wrong, guys. I mean, you know, an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid going to see a horror movie in 2021 is not going to do this. But taking yourself into the mindset of these characters that have been dealing with this, you know, haunting, if you will, of this Michael Myers figure for 40 plus years, this is how they deal with that, right? Like they get together, they get drunk. They sing some songs. They try to kind of like bring levity to their situation. And that kind of helped me through it a little bit. But I will be honest with you guys that this scene in particular kind of didn't play very well for me. I was kind of like, all right, let's get back to Michael.
3: It, it, yeah, it was it was odd. It yeah. was a little
2: odd. Yeah. Julio, what do you think of this whole introduction of these past characters in the scene?
3: Uh,
0: I, I was all in. <laughs> I don't Ooh. care about Michael Myers, you know. Or okay. least, I, I don't care <laughs> to see Michael Myers kill because I've seen that in like – 10, 12 movies already. All right, and, and and but Tommy Doyle, like I've seen him in one really bad movie played by my by Paul Rudd, <laughs> and to me that's a more interesting story because that's the kid that was there and survived. Yeah, and so I was happy to finally get to see him, uh, kind of be fleshed out. And I, there were two, just kind of fanboy references that I really that really. Geek me out one was see okay. dr loomis see <laughs> loomis made me happy because i oh, yeah. i had felt that the previous movie 2018 did so much to kind of connect the first movie to to present day that it was a shame that donald pleasance wasn't around to at least have a cameo and uh, you know they kind of paid him lip service they they mm-hmm. name dropped him and then they introduced a crazy doctor that then died and so it was cool. I was not expecting him to actually show up in what – I didn't know what it was either. I, I found out today that he was an actor. Yeah. Uh, with, what with did makeup. you think
2: when you watched it? Though? I mean, were you, like, impressed? I, I'm just curious about that because – and I know Dan said he doesn't care. But, I mean, I don't just want to know what you guys think because, like, when I saw it, like, I I used the term deep fake. Like, I literally was like, oh, oh, yikes. I don't know. And then, like, two days later, I found out it was actually, like, great makeup work. So I well, kind of felt, felt like a schmuck a little bit. But, I mean <laughs> – <laughs>
0: i i didn't really think about it that much like i assumed at first it, it, that it was just uh uh just old footage from you okay. know All right. the kind of room floor then as the movie goes on and it kind of gets a little more specific then they're like no they definitely there's a little bit more trickery <laughs> a little bit more trickery uh with it but uh yeah, I, I, I just thought deep fake. I, the idea that it was a, an actor with makeup didn't really seem mm-hmm, like it was likely. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah that was impressive. something that I, I liked. And then the other thing was, <laughs> I was kind of like somewhat proud of myself uh, for remembering who Lonnie was. And that's only because Alex has brought him up so much. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he always laughs at the line from Loomis in the first yeah. Halloween where he's like...
2: <laughs> Get out of the bushes uh, or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he calls Lonnie out. And then... In 2018, they mentioned that Lonnie is the dad of the guy that the girl is right, dating. Right. So Alex pointed that out because I hadn't noticed it. So when he came came up here, I mean, this doesn't make the movie good. It was more like it enhanced my personal experience. And I'm like, oh, it's that kid. And he grew up mm-hmm. to be just you know as fucked up as as uh, Tommy Doyle. So I'm, I'm down with all this stuff. I, I was happy to just see them uh, uh, kind of attempting to... Like I said, flesh out these characters and kind of like take the story in a different direction. Which I kind of taking you back to that comparison with uh, Star Wars and the Last Jedi. I mean, Mm -hmm. I did have I were maybe like twenty minutes in, thirty minutes into this movie, and it seemed like it was going in a very uh, it was going against expectations of your standard slasher movie. And I thought, okay, this could be a little bit like the last Jedi in the sense that it was not the star Wars movie that people expected after, yeah. uh, the force awakens. And it was divisive. Cause I'd heard the only thing, the only other thing I'd heard was that it was divisive. Alex had told me that it was, mm-hmm. it was going to divide fans. And well, I'm is. like, Oh, I can see that, you know, because people come in and they want to see more of Michael Myers killing people. And instead we're spending time with these damaged characters that are just kind of moping around and dealing with their inner demons. And I'm like, I'm all for it. You know, I'm like, give me that, uh, so, so no it, it, this was great for me. And we the, get, the the problem is that the movie abandons this as it goes on mm-hmm. and, and that's when it loses me completely.
3: That is right. correct. No, they I do not that, give yeah. a fuck about what these characters actually think. <laughs> they they just like basically Anthony Michael Hall goes up to the fu- t- who plays Tommy Hilfano, walks up to the microphone and is like I I was there. Fucking 40 mm-hmm. years ago, I was there when Michael Myers tried to kill everybody, and he and he's, like, taking a long drag from his cigarette, and he, he's basically wearing, like, his, his fucking army jacket from when he was, like, 22. He just came home from fucking Gulf Storm, and he's like, I'll tell you about the horror stories of that night. it's like, okay, crazy man, sit the fuck down, I'll buy you a beer if that'll shut you up. What would you guys
2: have done had this been Paul Rudd, though? I mean, this was imme- this would have immediately been like an 8 out of 10 movie without even seeing oh, it, Oh, I'd have been Paul, much more oh, interested. <laughs> I, <laughs> I,
3: I would have lost my mind if it was Paul
2: Rudd. Oh, my God, it would have been great. Yeah, I have issues with Anthony Michael Hall, too, in this role. I, I like the fact that Tommy Doyle, the character, is there and his kind of place in the story, but I don't know, man. Anthony Michael Hall just kind of played this angry, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you would even call it, just like yeah, jaded conservative kind of weird I but don't mind
0: like, I, I don't mind that he turned out that way I mean it's it's obviously it's, it's a lot less charming than whatever Paul Rudd was doing in Halloween <laughs> 6 <laughs> right, true. right. Very true. But, I, but I like that that he's just this guy that's just super intense and he's yeah. going to end up hurting people in his quest to do good that I'm fine with that where, where, where I thought it was kind of a weird uh I don't know maybe you guys disagree but there were moments where i felt like anthony hall just somehow lost the intensity and it was just weird like the first time when he goes it's michael you know everybody's trying to freak out what, what happened and you know he's quiet and then he kind of lifts his head mm. raises his eyes and goes it's michael and i'm like that should have been a, a big moment and at this point i was mm-hmm. still with the movie and for some reason it just felt like he just missed the, the right intention. And they're like, this is me here giving Anthony Michael Hall acting lessons, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't argue everybody else seemed to be really into the scene. And to me, right. it just felt like that right. was, he was still like rehearsing there. And yeah. uh, it happens throughout the movie at several moments where I don't know if maybe just my idea of what this Tommy Doyle as presented would be doing or would be saying differs just slightly from what Anthony Michael Hall decided he was going to do. And, just that that little dissonance at times really took me out of the movie where I'm like I really like him but then I really don't like him for like 5 seconds.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right, interesting. Um you know, we get a lot more exposition in this scene too like in the karaoke scene cuz you know as Dan mentioned he gets up on the stage and he basically like, you know, recites narration for the for the first film uh and kind of right. lets for, everybody know for the fans of the movie franchise who haven't seen the original <laughs> right. movie of
3: the franchise. Right.
2: So, like I said, this scene is definitely (laughs) not my favorite. But guess what happens next, guys? We cut to what I have in my notes here is the firefighter massacre. Uh, Laurie Strode's home is still in flames from the end of the 2018 film, you know, and Dan mentioned earlier. But, you know, let it burn. The famous scene of the Strode women in the truck as they're passing the fire trucks and uh, trying to plead with them to not save the house. But, of course, they do go there to do their job. I mean, I don't know. There's maybe fifteen or twenty firefighters there fighting this this massive fire at the home.
3: And Michael well, actually, still- the new
0: edit, uh, Gerald only has two firefighters, and they <laughs> survive.
3: <laughs> nice. Michael helps uh, them out uh, of the house. Uh,
2: the petition yes. got the petition <laughs> got through. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, <laughs> so this will be an outdated recording. But anyway, now look, as a Michael Myers fan, you know Dan likes to make fun of me. Guys, this is my horror franchise. You know, Alex might say the same thing, Julio. This is my horror guy. You put Freddy, you put Jason, Leatherface. All I love all those dudes. It's like my kids, right? But Michael Myers is my guy. So we see him appear in the basement in the flames with a firefighter down there kind of like searching, searching through the wreckage. And there he is. And the score swells, which, by the way, the fucking score gives me chills every time I hear it. I know Brad got it on vinyl recently.
3: Oh, it sounds so good. It's unbelievable.
2: Yeah. So we see Mike appear, right? And he appears to this firefighter who's down in the basement. And he's like, oh, there's somebody down here. And next thing you know, the guy's getting his face fucking chopped off, basically. And then another firefighter reaches down to, you know, pull his fellow firefighter up. But instead, he ends up grabbing Michael. Uh, Where are you guys at? Who wants to go first on Michael's kind of first appearance here in this
3: film? Uh,
2: What what do we think? Quick
3: aside, I did say, because Gerald's wondering where uh, the 1980s horror edit is, and I said, uh, if the phrase, as a fan of Halloween is uttered, you're never getting it. (laughs) (laughs) uh, They'll never hear it. There's no final episode
2: of Two Piece, everybody. Two Piece fans, (laughs) you'll never hear it. Wow, I fucked that up already. Okay. All right, well. Back to topic, <laughs> Michael Myers returning. What do you guys think? His first kind of uh... I mean,
3: at, at this point, it it was a ten out of ten movie at that point. As soon as he walks out of the doorway of that burning house, mm-hmm. and you know the the waters coming down from them trying to to get the yeah, fire out and everything else, I was I mean I the was cinematography too, in that a million percent yeah. into this movie. I was like, Michael is going to do what Michael does. Yeah, dude. And they're in fucking trouble. Yeah, he's just (laughs) fucking
2: shit up, dude.
3: He's like a cheat code. And and I know people have bitched that Michael is so angry in this. And I'm like, well, wouldn't you be if you got locked in a house and set on fire? (laughs) Right.
2: Right. Right, yeah, he's definitely out for blood. I mean, it's called Halloween Kills for a reason, I feel like, guys, and now we can kind of see why, (laughs) right? Like, he's literally here to kill everyone in this movie. Uh, It's not called Michael Kills. why I love it. It's called Halloween Kills. You're right. It's It's the holiday
0: that's really (laughs) killing people.
2: Yeah, I think you might be right there. Julio, what would you think of this firefighter massacre here? He's taking out all these firefighters?
0: Just to to take a uh, dance phrase, it's fine. No, it's good. Okay. It's, a, right. it's, it's, a, it's a good set piece. I, I, I mean, I said I don't care about Michael Myers, but I mean, obviously, this is what the movies are about, about right. at least part of it. You know, that's like saying, going back to Star Wars, it's like if, if I say I don't care about the Force, then it's like, why are you watching a Star Wars movie? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was fine. I kind of, instead, I, I think I'll take my time to elaborate on something that affected how I watched this, which <coughs> is that my problem with the 2018 movie, which I liked a lot and then I didn't, is, you know, that final confrontation that they have, the, the Strode women versus Michael, which is cool on, on as a set piece, but also uh, kind of flies in the face of just common sense. There's a lot of uh, really dumb things that happen, especially on Lori's side, I think just for the sake of just tension and excitement. But, you know, it's uh, uh, just the idea of like, okay, are you really... Uh, considering Michael Myers, what kind of opponent do you think you're battling? Right? Is mm-hmm. this human? Is this superhuman? And uh, if if you think that I'm overthinking the what's going on with Michael Myers in regards to the other characters, you know, if I should just sit back and be like, it's a Halloween movie; it doesn't matter. You, you know, what matters is that he keeps coming. Well, the problem is that 2018 and this movie, Halloween Kills, make me think about it because they kind of address it and then they back away from it. So. 2018 treated Michael Myers in a very realistic way until it got to that part, right? And then at that part, in the climax, they just shoot him and hit him, and then they lock him in the basement and set fire to him, and then they walk away. And I couldn't believe that those three women who had the upper hand didn't just stay there and absolutely make sure that he was Done right.
2: Uh, Well, Julio, let me ask you though, and I'm not trying to be any kind of way or anything, but I'm just curious. I mean, but when you're when you're thinking about that kind of criticism that you were just presenting there, I I mean, because are you factoring in all the sequels between '78 and 2018? Because if you're if you don't, then this is a guy that's been locked away for 40 years, right?
0: Right. And at this point,
2: they probably do think he's mortal, right? Because she Mm -hmm. makes a comment that I'm going to bring up in this film. That would lend to Lori's kind of revelation where she's like, Oh, he's not mortal.
0: That comment, that comment should have opened this movie or would have should have closed last movie. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. She I mean, she saw him in the first Halloween, Lori Strode saw him get shot multiple times, fall out of a window, and then disappear.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs>
0: right. and that didn't really true. Get, get reckoned at, at the beginning of this movie. And then the whole community now, because this movie's establishing this, there was a whole bunch of cops that saw him walk around even after being shot, and they had trouble putting him down. Like, he killed one more cop after what happened in Halloween 1. So the community knows how dangerous this guy is and how, uh, you know, superhuman he is, in a way. And even with all that, and and Lori, according to 2018, has spent her entire life obsessed with him. Mm -hmm. And then she walks away from a sure kill. uh, And and Alex gives me shit because I actually like uh, H2O one of the reasons I like H2O is because Lori Strode finally, she chops his head off. <laughs> she, well, she makes sure. She
3: chops she, a head off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, hang tight, but, hang tight.
3: But, but they wanted to make more money so they just made it out, right. Michael. No, I get it. Yeah. No, I love H2O. Bro. That, I, that I get what makes you're sense.
0: Yeah, that, that, the ending of H2O shows me that Lori Strode that acts the most like I think a, a rational person would or even like a yeah. person that's obsessed uh, according to everything that the franchise has sold me. Yeah, you would believe that lori strode would just not rest until she knows for sure that he's dead she goes on in 2018 she builds up this elaborate plan that she outfits her home to to become kind of a a giant mousetrap for michael myers and then she walks away without the the kill shot and then this movie has the entire town of haddonfield basically do that (laughs) so it's it's frustrating (laughs)
2: And no, I, get, I get what you're saying, and that's the logistical stuff creeping into your head there. So but, this but would, have, movie, played, this would have played this would have played better for that. you. This would have played better for you had it opened with her kind of watching him die, so to speak. Is that what you're saying? Like kind of watching him perish in the fire.
0: Yes, or at least like let's say she got caught up on the adrenaline of it all. All of them, you know, they're like, "Oh my god, we almost died. We need to get out of here." And then the moment that they hear that he's still out about, they should the reaction should be. Okay, this guy is not human.
2: <laughs> right. We, Instead we shot of waiting him waiting until the end, we right? We stabbed
0: him, we set fire. How how on earth is he still walking around killing people? But nobody has that reaction. And and it shouldn't be just Lori and and her daughter and her granddaughter. It should be uh people like the the like uh, Hawkins and the guy that was mm-hmm. uh, the sheriff from the first sheriff movie. Bracket, right. I, sheriff Brackett, right. Sheriff Brackett. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that should be acting like this is uh Yeah, well, something up with
2: this guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. for sure
0: it it, um, but it doesn't happen until the very end of the movie
2: um dan what do you think man do you think uh 911 worked here when they called the firefighters or what do you think cool? <laughs> <cool>? what did, <laughs> what did you think of Michael Reckon here
3: i mean uh- So my friend Bill, who uh, is a regular uh, punching bag for me and uh, Caleb and Nick and uh, other friends, uh, is a firefighter. Uh, And Mm. for the longest time, I thought Bill was the stupidest firefighter I'd I'd ever seen. Uh, And then I watched (laughs) this movie. Like they got they got the guy on the fucking hose uh, who doesn't have any of the water pressure turned up. It's just like a fucking sprinkler, like like the sprinkler (laughs) sprinkler head attached at him. him. Yeah, he's (laughs) spraying at him like this will like. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, use the fucking hose on him because like the water pressure on fire hoses is insane. It'll tear Maybe off your fucking water skin. Maybe water kills
2: him you know, or, or like
3: shoves him back in order to like put like or do something. Uh, instead, the water pressure is like. You know, uh, your gutters on a rainy day. Like, and it's (laughs) like, oh, Michael's just going to, oh, Michael just kills that guy. Michael just kills this guy. And then we have this stupid camera shot from the inside of someone's Pfizer. And I'm just like, this is stupid. Don't show me this shot. I think this shot obscures everything, which is the the point of it. Uh, but I don't want you to obscure anything. This is why I'm fucking here. I'm here to watch this man murder people brutally. (laughs)
2: Let me (laughs) see
3: it. You fuck. (laughs) Well, he takes
2: out several firefighters, uh, some on screen, some off. I, I, uh, I did has... like
3: how they kind of line up the firefighters with all their weapons. Like he's got the saw and axes <laughs> right. and stuff, and like they just like, like coming, him up, coming right. at it. The, yeah. the carb saw was awesome. I wanted to see a man's <laughs> yeah. head get actually sawed off. I'd have been fine with that.
2: That was good. Yeah, that was good. So we get a couple patented head tilts in this scene, which gave me chills, guys. I fucking loved it. We cut away to Lori and. Uh, Basically, the rest of her family in the hospital, we kind of find out that they're recovering. You know, she's having surgery for her wounds uh, and so on and so on. And then we get a cutaway to we kind of start seeing some of the kills in Halloween Kills as Mike shows up at the home of an old old couple. And kind of brutally kills both of them. You know, he... uh, you know, one thing I'll say about the franchise in general, I know there's, you know, episodes that are supposed to be forgotten here with this movie, but just generally speaking in the Halloween franchise, the kills aren't necessarily super inventive with, with Michael <laughs> throughout the years. But I feel like in this movie, he kind of did some new things and he got a little artsy. Uh, <laughs> and I'll bring yeah, a couple a of little them bit, up a little as, bit. as we get through here, but... This was the first of those, and he takes a fluorescent bulb from this lady's kitchen. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. And uh, stabs her and kind of twists it into her neck. And then the husband gets stabbed multiple times with every knife that he could find in the kitchen there. Uh, where are you guys at with this? Are you guys, I'm, I'm interested actually, Julio and Dan, or, well, Dan, I guess you hated from the opening, but. <laughs> Cool. Julio are you still here now at this point
0: Dan was just hate watching the entire yeah. time <laughs>
2: He's like this fucking girl Maybe watch this You
0: have to ask Dan where he was on Metroid mm. That's that's a real question
3: uh, I'm still <laughs> trying to 100%, 100% The map before I fight the final boss So, uh, But no do I, of- I don't play Video skills. games when I'm watching movies Like for actual review and such <laughs> I, I, will, I will actually show them The respect of giving them my full attention uh, However bad they fucking are he does, he does, he puts in the work, guys. Uh
2: Julio, what'd you think of these kills, man? Are you, by the way, are you a horror movie kills guy? Do you like judge the kills or are you just kind of like, all right, well, they killed somebody else?
0: Uh, I don't. I, okay. I mean, all I right. have, I have fun with the, with the, I guess, original ones, the ones that are a little more inventive, but it's okay. not, I, I have more fun with other aspects of, uh of horror movies. I oh, mean, the kills, like, I can appreciate something that's good. I hear that they were. I mean, it kept my interest. I never felt like the the kills were on autopilot here. Uh, and no, I was I was with the movie. I I, I mean, I'll I'll spoil it for you, uh, uh, Gerald, just so that you know to kill a little bit of the suspense. Like the movie had me going until the big set piece in the hospital before then i
3: was i was
2: only oh, that, that i'm kind of actually with you there a little bit it, it dropped that's when it disappeared from the five-star range for me too so we'll we'll, we'll get Thayer there for, for me, sure we'll get there we'll get there for sure <laughs> brad what did you think of the old couple's kind of uh killings here do you like these kills
3: i mean th- this was all out brutal michael with that yeah, like dude. it, it it, it was almost like a Rob Zombie kind of mm-hmm. territory with these mm-hmm. kills, especially when he's taking all the knives out of the yeah. block and just stabbing him. And, and he the made her back. watch. You know, yeah. she was still
2: alive during that when her husband I mean, was getting repeatedly.
3: It's not our typical Michael that we see, like doing it like that. So right. it, it you I know, can what's... see where a lot of people were like. He's so angry and so this. And that's where I'm like, (laughs) yeah, he's a little pissed off right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, one thing it illustrated to me, you know, as a viewer of these movies, is that, like, okay, you know, it kind of illustrated the stakes for me. Like, okay, Michael, I guess I know why they call this Halloween Kills. (laughs) Like, Michael is here to just fucking kill people. (laughs) And it was, you know, this is, you know, I was mentioning this earlier with, with the fluorescent light bulb, but also, you know, the wife in this scene was still breathing. She was alive. And Michael must have known that. And he brought her husband into that room where she was still clinging to life to basically just stab him repeatedly, brutally in front of her as she's watching. So in a sadistic way, if you can kind of think of what Michael must, what his thought process was to for that to be the way that he did this, because he could have left the house. They would have both died. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. he went further into... Kind of his sadistic nature that we're going to see throughout the rest of the movie, I thought. And as a fan, you go, okay, well, fucking Michael's like, you're fucked. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if you're in Haddonfield, get a plane ticket and get the fuck out of there because you're fucked. Um, you know, like if the baby from 2018 had been in this film, that baby would probably be dead. You know, that's the way I see this Michael. in You this look movie. at it
3: and you're like, that old Huckleberry you're carrying around, Tommy Doyle, ain't going to do shit for you. <laughs> yeah,
2: Huckleberry, <laughs> I don't know, bro. Uh, do you guys like uh, Sheriff Barker? He's the black guy with the cowboy hat. Are you guys into him? He's back in this movie.
3: He- he's a character? Also, thanks for asking, yeah, thanks for asking my opinion on, on the fucking old couple murder scene. It, I
2: did. You did. You fucking talked about Metroid or whatever. I did ask oh, you. No. no, but, that, no. Go <laughs> ahead. Okay.
3: Here, okay. Go ahead. This is how you start trying to win me back in, in the movie is having Michael do his fucking thing. Like actually have him murder people because yeah. like like Julia says, that's what you're here for. That's why I'm here. I want to watch Michael murder somebody. You know? I, mm-hmm. I, I don't go around murdering people myself, so I got to watch someone else do it for me. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see Michael murder people, him sticking it to two old people, shoving a hundred knives in a dude after he already killed him. Like, great. I love it. Shoving the mm-hmm. fluorescent light bulb in some lady's neck. Awesome. I'm here for it. Like, I I was actually like, I actually started sitting up. I, I was less bored. I had less, <laughs> you know... Uh, fist sitting on my chin kind of thing. Like, I, I was well, actually engaged.
2: <laughs> yeah, and to your point.
0: Trying to understand the evil that was <laughs> transpiring your, point, in
3: your
2: screen. <laughs> well, to Dan's point, it's actually really, really cool that he uh, just kind of illustrated that the way he did, because I feel like that's really what this scene was for, was for people to go, holy fuck, like... Michael's fucking he here he goes you know what I mean <laughs> here he he's, goes
3: he's not messing around this time right
2: right so and even somebody that you know quote unquote hated the movie up to this point Dan kind of like sat up a little bit and was like okay Michael's about to fucking be Michael here you know and you mentioned the and Rob then, Zombie films I think it was Brad right that mentioned the Rob Zombie films yeah and I kind of got a little taste of that too because those were obviously the kills in those movies were obviously a lot more brutal in terms of what we saw uh, and you could kind of see a little bit of that here as well. Uh, I was mentioning Sheriff Barker because he's back. I don't know. I just love that dude. I feel like he's underused, though. Right in the first film and in this film.
3: Well, when he first showed up in the 2018, all I can think of is the Man in Black mm-hmm. in <laughs> in in the the Thorn. I'm like, when's the Thorn going to show yeah, up? That's yeah, true. that's yeah. True. <laughs> Where is yeah. the Thorn? Bring back the, the Thorn. Man in Black.
2: Oh God, thanks for it, fucking it's reminding me again. of that shit. <laughs> um. All right, so we're back to the kind of the karaoke bar or whatever, and we saw the. Um, you know, characters from the original film, and we're kind of reintroducing them initially, and now we're back there, and they're kind of leaving the bar because they hear of some trouble that's brewing. And the nurse and the doctor have this kind of mental patient in the backseat of their car, and he kind of like pops up and steals the car, and they kind of think it's Michael, so they kind of chase after him. It ends up not being Michael, it's another character that was on the bus that escaped. And we get evil dies tonight as muttered for the first time in, in this scene, which is a phrase that is heard. Probably I should have actually tallied it up, but it's got to be at least 20 times in this movie. Uh, evil dies tonight. There was a cool little uh, Figaro callback from the 2018 film. This was one of the patients in the cold open to that movie that was singing this opera song and it's playing in the car. And he's singing along to it, which I thought was a cool little callback to Gordon Green's own kind of universe there. Um, this kind of started going, I, I kind of started scratching my head a little bit, guys. I'm going, okay, what are <laughs> we that,
3: What are we
2: doing here? Like, <laughs> that, what, that is you the correct know. answer. Yeah, so now it's easy for me because my commentary is going to be, where's Michael? If Michael's not involved in whatever I'm watching, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? So that's going to be my commentary. But as the movie's playing out, how do you guys feel in this scene? Who wants to go first with kind of this, I don't know what you call it, I guess this other mental patient kind of taking the spotlight here for a few minutes?
3: I mean, it's more of like a, a bait and switch on you. It's, it's exactly what it is to try to get you back with these other characters who are going to take up a lot of screen time when, mm-hmm. you know, we all just want the Strodes. We want mm-hmm. the Strodes and Michael yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm.
2: That's where this film really kind of messed up. And I, Brad, you and I were texting when we watched this. Both of, us, both of you and I watched it on Friday when it came out on Peacock. And we were texting each other. And that was my main issue with this movie is if they would have. I don't necessarily mean eliminate them completely, but like, why is there so much non-Michael angry mob narrative in this? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it was just overkill with that type of um, approach. Dan, Julio, what do you guys think when this kind of got introduced? (sighs)
0: Well, I, I disagree. I'm on the other side, actually. I okay. I was enjoying... I think the, not the subplot with the other patient, because I thought that it was a little silly that this mental patient... That anybody would confuse him with Michael oh. Myers. <laughs> right. right, yeah. yeah. And, he looked and, like Danny DeVito
2: <laughs> in the fucking Batman Returns. You know? Exactly.
0: Yep. And it's like, maybe your average Haddonfield person and even then because you would think you know that's this is kind of like the the local legend so they would know better but but especially somebody like tommy doyle or or uh or lonnie uh, i don't know i i i'm like surely they're not gonna go this way and then of course the movie a hundred percent committed to that Mm
4: -hmm. to that
0: idea uh you know a few scenes later but uh but the actual uh structure of stepping away from the Strodes and from the people that had been leading the the first movie, I was down with that. I thought it was actually a pretty bold choice uh, that that I didn't mind as long as the characters were interesting, which they mm-hmm. were for a little bit. You know, I was like, I had promise. Yeah. I saw promise with Tommy Doyle. I saw promise with just that little gang that they just established. And mm-hmm. uh, they kind of took the shortcut, which I, I'm fine with it, of making them people that most of us already had some sort of connection to because if you remember the original, you know, oh, you know, it's the nurse from the original and it's Lindsay, the little girl and, and so on. So they mm-hmm. they came with just kind of like an instant backstory that you could attach to. and So I was fine with that. I, I didn't mind. I actually, I was even, all things considered, I'm very impressed that this movie puts Jamie Lee Curtis in the background for most of the <laughs> Most of the runtime, but she's just benched. She gets up. Well, you know, from the I, bed and- I,
2: I, let me ask you. Let me ask you that then. And I guess this is for everybody, but you know, that was the case with Halloween 2 as well in eighty you one. Know, that was what happened with that movie is that she was literally in a hospital bed for the entire sequel. Yeah, but and you had you
0: had Loomis as kind of your your carryover.
2: I, I guess I'm just wondering, and this is probably me just kind of overthinking it, but I guess I'm just wondering if that was almost intentional because it was. And somewhat of an homage to the original sequel, too, I feel like. And this is obviously a sequel to Gordon Green's first film. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think it's just coincidence that she's in a hospital kind of out of play here? Or do you think he did that intentionally to some extent?
3: Oh, I, I think he did it intentionally. Like yes. he, okay. he put so many Easter eggs and other things from a lot of other films in the franchise in this, mm-hmm. that he he knew what he was doing. He 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 did it on purpose.
2: Okay, I'm glad to hear you say that because I thought maybe this you know something kind of was built into that where he was kind of like, well, this was Jamie Lee in the f- in the first sequel, so it's going to be her in my sequel too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I think um, the
0: difference though is that he knows in this case he's working with a with a three part with a trilogy right, uh, right. A structure, so he can kind of afford to put Jamie Lee Curtis in the back burner through the middle chapter. Because she, he'll, I'm assuming he'll bring her back uh, with a vengeance in in part three. Uh, whereas when they, I'm a, I yeah, when they made Halloween two, the original Halloween two, that's just that's just how it happened.
4: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, right? Oh so, no, Yeah. Exactly.
3: And and I I was
2: still, you know,
3: the this whole scene is, is setting up the that group mentality and the mob and everything mm-hmm, else. Like mm-hmm. I was. St- it hadn't lost me yet. I was uh, I was okay. like, okay, this is what they're gonna do. We're getting there I guess <laughs> when they when they think this guy in the car could be Michael and they're like, okay, we gotta Tommy Doyle's gonna take command and 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 kind of rally the troops, so to speak he's been waiting forever too as Dan everyone uh, else in this Dan- town
2: has. Yeah, exactly. Dan, you had mentioned um, you kind of perked up a little bit at the scene prior to this when Michael you know, took out the old couple. Where were you at? Did you just like sink back down on the couch with us, or where were you at? With uh, this? <laughs> pretty, pretty
3: much. Okay. Look, right. I, I don't think this is a bad idea as a concept. You know, hey, you know we we know how this is fucked up. The Strodes, you know, you know the the Strodes have had generational. Mental illness, basically, uh, due to one event that happened 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. All right, interesting concept for that. Well, how does ha- how is Haddonfield taking this? Well, I mean, based off of the first movie, everyone's like, "Ah, oh, look at them crazy old Strodes," but then this movie is like, <laughs> "Hey, them crazy old Strodes. Uh, there's more people like them crazy old Strodes. Uh, let's all ha- have them whip everybody else up into a fucking frenzy." Over, do you uh, think a news report?
0: <laughs> do you think that uh, if uh, if the podcasters from the previous oh movie god. had survived, would they their next stop? Do you think would have been Tommy Doyle or maybe Lonnie? In, oh my you know, god! Absolutely.
3: Animals? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, there's no way they wouldn't have milked that fucking shit. Because I you will know. tell
2: you, I will tell you guys, since you brought it up, Julio, that the podcasters in the 2018 film, like that whole storyline or whatever irked me more than anything in this film.
3: it pisses me off every time I watch yeah, that movie. Yeah. I, well, I do hate the, you I mean, know, we're, we're gonna podcasters, get to it. So that's why it pretty much pisses yeah. us off. Yeah, but maybe, yeah, maybe, that, maybe, that, yeah. That's, that's we were making fun of it in pre-roll, like, all right guys, make sure your mic is ten feet away, turned away from you. <laughs> you got to be authentic. <laughs> yeah, yeah I just, just wanna cause... I wanna hear what their recording actually sounds like I know, They should have like released shit. that. <laughs> it, we're we're like the um, only group of people that fucking care about that scene. <laughs> like everybody else is just like, oh yeah, this expedition like, what the fuck are you recording? Everybody now, else is like, "Ooh, true crime podcast. I love those." Yeah, I know. Dude. Also, that's how they do it.
2: Ugh. And then only murders in the building this year. I've been watching. I'm like, that's not how you do that, guys.
3: I would, dude. I would love to see somebody who's like, "Oh, so that's how you make a podcast." And then they make a podcast like that. And then their first <laughs> review is, "What the fuck are you recording?"
2: Yeah, I can't hear you. Um. All right. We get introduced to a couple uh, side characters here: Big John and Little John. Uh, there's this kind of elaborate Halloween prank that, that happens with some kids in the neighborhood that are kind of like, you know, ruffians and troublemakers. The that we Asshole the,
3: kids. We yep. meet a
2: couple times, uh, in, in the course of this opening here. But, uh, I don't, I kind of like this couple. I, I don't know. They, they bought the Myers house. They're obviously kind of like horror fanatics or whatever. So they bought the house. They know the lineage and the history of the house, but they kind of redid it, remodeled it. And, you know, they love Halloween. Uh, I, I like these guys. It's a gay couple. Little John and Big John. Michael McDonald's there. He's a great character actor that I love. I didn't expect to see him pop up, just kind of like Jim Cummings in the open. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you guys connect to these two dudes at all? Did you think this was important to the plot? Or <sighs> what, what, no. What do you
3: think? No. <laughs> no. All so, right. I mean, look, here's the problem. If the reason Michael Myers is back is so he can go upstairs uh, to his sister's old room and just stare out the fucking window... Uh, why didn't you just do that in the first movie? <laughs> well he was trying, Dan. He was getting there, yeah. Oh, the well, was he really We sure about he that. He was trying to get there. We sure about that? I'm not so sure. I'm 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 thinking, oh, <laughs> David Gordon Green's like, uh oh, gotta come up with something now, guys, because yeah, they're giving me no, a trilogy. I mean,
2: could have been the writing process, but I, I, I you know, they, they make a couple comments towards the last act of this movie that kind of like put that into focus for me a little bit where you can either buy it or you can't buy it. And I don't. Okay, well, well, that's fine. I, I think
0: that uh, okay, whether you buy it or not, uh, just tabling that for a moment. the The concept of wow, it, it. I remember Alex pointed out it hadn't crossed my mind when we watched the when we rewatched the twenty eighteen. Just the, the concept of oh, Lordy Strode is so convinced that this is about her. Right. And Michael Myers doesn't care. Michael Myers is just yeah. trying to go back. Well, in 2018, we didn't know where he was going. But we do see in 2018 that basically he's not going after Jamie Lee Curtis. It's just that the, the events of the movie conspire to where he ends up in Jamie Lee mm-hmm. Curtis's house. Mm-hmm. And uh, for them to now explore that idea even further here, if this movie was about Jamie Lee Curtis's character realizing that, oh, I am not the center of the universe, even though... I went through this horrible trauma. That is really compelling. Well,
2: Frank Frank tells her that. You know, we'll, we'll get there in the end of the movie. But Frank tells her, he's like, no, he's not coming for you. It's not about you.
0: Yeah, but the right. reaction—it's it, kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Right. You just told me that forty years ago, <laughs> dickhead. They spend yeah.
3: the whole fucking movie saying, "Oh my god, she, he's going to be coming here." Everyone, like, get everyone on high alert for the fucking security. for the hospital. Uh, ca- literal I didn't realize Judy Greer's character's name was Karen. I'm like, this woman is acting like a real Karen right now, and her <laughs> name was fucking <laughs> Karen. And I was like, oh my god, it's perfect. But like, she's like Karening it up. Like, where is the security? Don't you have private security? get the private security in here like it, it was so self-centered on these fucking three women that they're, they're like oh my god this we're so important to everything well right. i mean up until this point it was all about them like michael myers attacked her and she built that family up to be like he's coming back for me so yeah it, right.
2: how how unlucky too if, if that's the case and like julio said and like you know uh officer frank says at the end of this movie and it's not actually about the Strokes, how unlucky that they found theirself in, intertwined with all this shit for yeah. the last 40 years, you know?
0: But you what? have such a powerful opportunity to make a statement about about trauma about you know Mm -hmm. it's not just that they happen to fight i mean yes she happened to be somebody that michael terrorized all those years ago but then everything else that's happened since Mm -hmm. it's kind of been i mean now i sound like i'm victim blaming and i'm not but you know it is kind of a consequence of her own actions she's been misguided in thinking that this was uh you know she was blaming the wrong person in a way it's it, to me, it, man, that that is that makes for such an interesting movie if they'd gone that way. And maybe sure. they will. And maybe Halloween Ends is about that. But the yeah, way that I this mean, movie went, it doesn't uh, really uh, fill uh, me with hope.
2: Uh, l- <laughs> let me go back to the Halloween kill or Halloween Ends, because um, there's obviously nothing been released on it yet. But Dan was thrilled by this. Uh, I'm so fucking mad. Little thing I read, Julio. And we'll get back to the bullet points here. But, you know. Uh, David Gordon Green, I guess, has is is rewriting it. That's why it hasn't started shooting yet. But it's, the new movie is going to take place four years later from what we just saw. It's going to take place during the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic specifically.
0: No. All right. You're and kidding. Green oh has described God. it because he's being
2: hush-hush. He's being hush-hush on the project. So he has only described it as a coming-of-age story and a more intimate movie where some of the characters have processed the insanity. Of the massacre of 2018,
0: so the movie <laughs> so that we'll it was see. the movie that this movie was supposed to be. <laughs> so we'll see.
2: I, you know, I don't know, but I mean, it's interesting to see, kind of like what you're saying, where, where, in other words, like you're, you make a great point, Julio, where they could do something kind of like more, quote unquote, important, and they could kind of like make it a very like timely. Uh, story you know what i mean or they could just keep the slasher narrative well i wasn't mean? asking for
0: for a, a COVID 19 halloween
2: that no, seems a little yeah. too much no i no. was a little weirded out by that too when i read it but well
3: as as this movie went along i kind of felt like there was a lot of it that he kind of just fluffed out like he he was trying to turn a story he had for one
2: movie into two that could be Yeah, because there's a lot of you know you're right, fluff. There's a lot of fluff in this. I agree. Now I love the fluff. I love the kills.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Uh, back to Big John and Little John. Like, yeah, please, yeah. I uh, I did like their characters and their whole kind of in the house and their Halloween and and it gave me the feel of trick or treat. Like these two guys, true, yeah. I thought that too. From right in that movie at that night with everybody else.
2: Yep, I I love that you said that because I actually kind of thought about trick or treat for a split second too when I was watching this. Uh, Dan, we know you don't care. Julio, do you like uh, Big right. John and Little
3: John? We don't care about these guys at all. They,
2: like, <laughs> yeah. this, this, this did you connect to, the, throw you connect away. to these dudes, uh, Julio, or no?
0: Uh, I mean, as much as you can connect to two characters that you know are going to be dead before the movie's <laughs> over.
2: <laughs> I mean, you saw them and you're like, okay, these guys are dying. They live in the Myers house. Every it's single not, person that like is not...
0: Yeah, every single person that's not a name actor, I just assumed yeah. that they were going to die. Uh, uh, but the, I like the idea that it's the the Myers home and the, they're actually not just random kills, but they end up being... You know, they die because they are at the Myers home and that's where he's right. going. So right. the fact that this little, this little side story gave us... Uh, a window into seeing Michael's, uh, you know, his bigger plan, so to speak. I'm like, yeah. okay, it's worth it because of that.
2: And I, think um, it happen- I think it happens later, but, you know, when Little John, you know, sees that his husband or lover has been killed, and Michael's standing there looking out the window of Judith's old bedroom, and he just says, Michael, you're home. And Michael turns around. Now, we don't see that kill on camera, but obviously we find out that Little John was also killed. But I don't know. I just thought that was almost like, I don't know, man. It, it's like a weird thing, and maybe Brad will be able to back me up here. But it's like a weird thing. It's like if I bought the Myers house, right, and, and I live there, and the fucking iconic, like, you know, killer showed up, I would be like, "Hey, dude, like, you came back," you know what I mean? <laughs> Knowing that I'm dying, but like, you know, why your do lover you buy- is
0: bleeding out at your feet? Right.
2: Right. I mean, do you guys get what I'm saying there? Like, it's almost like Little John was kind of like, oh, okay, well, I knew this was going to happen someday. Yeah.
3: You know? Someday. We, we bought this house and we, <laughs> and we knew we were just- We had a good I, run. Time, um, right?
2: Can I ask you guys, what's with uh, Karen's Christmas sweater? Does anybody know why she's wearing a Christmas sweater? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sweater,
3: Actually, I had the same problem. We were watching I don't this, understand like, why that. is she wearing a fucking Christmas sweater on Halloween? <laughs> she wore it in 2018, too, but I didn't notice really. She hates Halloween, so she's got to like- <laughs> Yep. She's got to bring Christmas early. All right. She's that other like person I fucking do. hate who puts out fucking Christmas decorations the day after Halloween. Oh, man,
2: that was weird. Um, okay. <laughs> um, we get a nice little sequence, at least I thought it was, where, you know, the crew's out looking for Michael, right? And they're they're doing the angry mob thing, and they want to find him. Evil dies tonight. And we get this nice little sequence with Nurse Marion and Lindsay in the woods, and uh, the black nurse... That's, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know his, that character's name, but they're all in the car. They're kind of locked in the car and Michael's terrorizing them. Dan, when we talked a year ago, you fucking loved Nurse Marion and her approach to locking herself in that car. We get a recreation of that scene in this movie when Michael's on top of the SUV and he does the palm on the window and shatters it. So we get this whole sequence and then it ends with Lindsay being chased through the woods and ultimately getting away and kind of looting him. Uh again, I'm just gonna ask if any if you guys have any comments on the kills and this scene. Was it was it tense for you? Did you guys dig it?
3: Oh, I really dug it. I, I, I do hate that you know the whole call of this is like we're stronger together. Mm-hmm. And then they all split up, right? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Okay.
2: <laughs> Didn't you hear what I just said? <laughs> Why are you leaving me? Yeah. But
3: uh, I, I mean, I, I loved, you know the the kill of the the guy who's dressed as a doctor, like we yeah, can't remember eye, the eyeball. character's name. Yep. Like his kill was awesome, and then the the, nurse the callback she- to Halloween three with the masks was yeah. was great. Yeah. Yep. Loved it. That's Dan's Dan's favorite of the franchise. I I, I actually pointed it out to Ashley. I'm like, look, all the masks from Halloween three. And then I was like and they were in twenty eighteen too. They were in twenty eighteen. Stop (laughs) it. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: had they just shame washed over you, Dan, because you had recognized the masks.
3: Yeah, I, 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 it was at that moment that I was like, "Oh my God, Michael, please be live and just come murder me already, please." <laughs> <laughs> it, so, David Gordon Green was like, "I'm resetting this timeline, wiping everything out, but I have to put little Easter eggs throughout the movie." Yeah, because <sighs> it is, but it, it really did. It has was a, a mob that comes after him. Is
2: it, it was. It was a bummer that they showed that in the trailer though, because it really was cool. Oh yeah to have that callback, but why did
3: you put that callback in the trailer? Ugh, oh, I hate it. I hate that. that trailers happens. show too much. That's they what do. they do. That is true. They do. They license they do. out, that's the thing, is like, trailers go out to production houses and they're not overseen by directors ever. So they just show things that don't fucking, like, that matter too much and uh, show them for nine and a half minutes so that way you see the entire movie before it even comes out.
0: But you- honestly, I, at least on the Blumhouse side, I don't know if you guys saw that, uh, little interview that uh justin from epic film guys had with with blumhouse i the, did yeah the blumhouse himself and uh he <laughs> when they talk about the trailers he he's, is i mean a hundred percent on board with trailers spoiling the movie he, yeah, he, he, he just says hey like you know i've never heard anybody complain when they left the movie, saying, "Oh, I wish the trailer hadn't uh, spoiled so much." Well, that's kind of what I'm saying Bro, now about
3: the Halloween what three. What fucking by? movie theaters <laughs> is this man going to? Are you Are fucking you high?
0: <laughs> Sir, yeah. when was the last time you went to movie theater?
3: <laughs> Bro, yeah. there is nothing. That, famously, I was so <clears throat> fucking pissed at the the Spider-Man Homecoming second trailer spoiling the fact that the entire movie was going to be about Peter parking and losing his suit, and then uh, fighting to get it back. That I I fucking was like, I'm never watching a second trailer again. It's never yeah. fucking happened. Thanks for spoiling that because I would refuse yeah, I to watch trailer. the trailer.
2: <laughs> Fuck, dude. um I'm just kidding. I saw it. Uh, well, okay. So he kills everybody in this scene except Lindsay. She gets away. Okay. Go, Kyle and Richards. Kyle Richards. And we find out that Frank is sharing his hospital room with Lori, which, by the way, I kind of rolled my eyes at because I was kind of like, well, this is convenient.
3: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the entire hospital <laughs> this
2: is the fucking room you roll him into. But I get it from a dialogue standpoint. But. Now, here we go, guys. Let's get into it. So, I looked it up on Wikipedia because this film, this was filmed in 2019 because, you know, this was supposed to be released last year and COVID, COVID, it got delayed for a year. So, this was actually uh, filmed between July and October of 2019. Obviously, it just came out. Obviously, the insurrection on the Capitol was in January of this year. (laughs) We get uh, we get an insurrection in the fucking hospital in this movie. The only thing missing is fucking Trump in this. But obviously, this was filmed a year before, so uh, this is this is now, where the movie uh, yeah. started
3: to lose me. Like
2: this whole yeah. fucking, I'm pissed at this whole sequence. The next 20 minutes of this movie, I'm pissed because. Yes. Well, I
0: kind of liked when uh, when Jamie Lee Curtis when Jamie Lee Curtis uh, just kind of after it's all done and she goes like, look. She starts addressing the crowd and she's like, You guys are beautiful, just go home. It's gonna be okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll it Thanks for coming. Yeah. So
0: before we actually delve into it, I think that it's yeah. So there are two movies sort of going on in Halloween and even Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills and Halloween 2018. And I I kind of alluded to them. That's really what's been bothering me. Mm -hmm. both times whenever something doesn't work for me it's because i feel like the movie hasn't quite decided if it wants to be a fun slasher movie which i'm fine with Mm -hmm. i I, i've enjoyed some of those uh or if it wants to be something else and the problem for me is that if you try to be something else then you can't be the dumb slasher movie anymore and so there's like the, the sequence that just happened where the the Nurse, the fake nurse and the fake doctor get killed, and also the the nurse from Halloween One, and then uh, Lindsay escapes and all that stuff. That is exciting and it's well shot, and I laughed hard in a good way when <laughs> when, 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 when he kicked Michael, the door into her. The he kicked the door, old, the door old, and she yeah. shot That was so awesome.
2: That, that was so stupid.
0: So that's was one cool. fucking
5: movie.
0: Sick. Yeah, that's one type of movie. That's not the type of movie where you have this kind of. uh socially relevant commentary on mob mentality and all that, yeah, that happened yeah, in right, the hospital right in so that was a problem throughout the entire movie but it really i really felt that it jumped the shark like, it came to a to a head in the sequence it feels like mm-hmm. you guys were also uh yeah a, a, on a similar wavelength and i honestly i didn't even think of the Jerry 6th insurrection i didn't either <laughs> To me, I mean, when I was watching it, I was like, "Okay, now we're getting really heavy handed because it's one thing to see it affect Tommy Doyle and affect uh, Mm -hmm. the people that were there that night, somewhat related. But for the entire town to be whipped into a frenzy in this hospital, you need to do something stronger than "oh, random mental patient wanders off and suddenly everybody thinks that. You know, fake Danny DeVito as right. Michael Myers. Right.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It, I agree. I think I, I'll hear what uh, Brad and Dan have to say, but I agree with you, Julio. I, you know, this was, you know, I said 15, 20 minutes or so of this, you know, hospital insurrection, or is what I call it, but, you know, where the mental patient kills himself. And, you know, like you said, they're kind of chasing him based on the merit of what that, like, it might be Michael Myers. I don't know. It's weird. You know, it's like a thousand people chasing him for no reason. And it was just a really, it just took me out of it for a period of time because I'm just like, this is not Halloween. Like, this is a weird, like, social commentary. I don't know. It was strange. And, like, I hate this section of the movie because nothing, and you just made my point, Julio, nothing that happens in this 15 to 20 minutes connects to the Michael story, right? Like, no, but it does, Gerald. It doesn't, does, af- Gerald, it doesn't he, affect did,
0: it. Didn't you hear Sheriff Brackett when it's all over and he goes, "Now he's turning us into monsters."
2: Well, yeah, God. Is, but yeah, that was beautiful dialogue, right? Great screenwriting. I mean, no, that was my favorite all that. part of the scene. I hated all
3: that. Was oh yeah, that was, was the best getting part. Brackett in there, like oh yes, they brought <laughs> him back.
2: But yeah, that was cool. Yeah, to see him was great. Um, but I don't know, man. I just. Julio said it perfectly. I can't really elaborate on what Julio just said, because he, because you're right. It's like, what are we doing, guys? Are we doing, you know, Michael Myers killing teenagers and, you know, slashing people? Or are we doing, like, a broader social message, you know? And I don't think Halloween is the right platform to kind of mix
3: those together. Well, and and up until this point, you know, you, you kind of feel for anybody Michael is killing uh, uh, along his warpath. Mm -hmm. And then this happens, and you're like, you know what, I don't fucking care what Michael does to anybody now.
2: (laughs) I compared this on Twitter when I did my initial review to Frankenstein because, you know, obviously there's hints of that there where the town is gathering together with pitchforks and torches to chase down the monster, right? And I kind of like that callback to to one of the original kind of monsters in film, but they just took it to a level that you just scratch your head. You just go, "What are you? What do you want me to walk away from this with?" You know,
3: well, especially you know this Danny DeVito uh, mental patient when <laughs> anybody can see like this
5: poor guy
0: this is, is fucking roasting my tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it's not his fault. It's the casting department because yeah. just cast somebody that you would that, look yeah, at Same and stature
2: go like, as Michael. Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. And they yeah. they got everybody in that hospital involved. Like there's doctors. Banging on windows and like yeah. bandaged up patients like <laughs> slogging along, and I'm just like, this is the scene. A, 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 a patient crawled out of the burn ward, so is ready it, to fucking is fuck the up moment, this dude.
2: Yeah, aside from Dan, who was lost in the in the opening credits, but for the other two on the panel, is this the moment where the movie kind of took a left turn for you guys?
3: Yeah, it is. It is like yes. up until this point, it's almost a little over the hour mark, I think. Okay, and it just it jumped off the rails hard right there. Uh, specifically
0: the 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 line that i quoted from sheriff bracket that's when i groaned and i'm like there's we're not going back it's it's over i I know what kind of movie they're making because
2: to your point julio because that narrative it's okay but you you don't have to like spoon feed it to me you know and that's what they did here if he hadn't said that line we still know what you're saying you know what i mean but it's also
0: uh, it's so much more effective if you don't have to. You have to turn all of Haddonfield into this into this mob because, like I said, you you need to work a lot harder if you're gonna make me believe that. You already had that with Tommy Doyle. You could have given Tommy Doyle the arc of becoming a monster due to his obsession with uh with Michael, which it's kind of the arc that Loomis had over I don't know four or five movies mm-hmm. it, way back in the day. You could have redone that with Tommy Doyle and it would have been really strong just narrow your oh, focus but right. here's oh, the other I, thing i that completely agree
3: the
0: the judy greer character mm-hmm. which was my favorite thing from, the, Me too. from Me too. the last one uh here they it doesn't make sense that she decides to abandon her mother who's bleeding out again in her room and uh just goes on this side quest to protect this man that is not michael myers like I understand the sympathy, yeah. but I don't understand her priorities. I mean, her daughter I... is missing.
3: Go oh, ahead, finish. Go Might, ahead, Dan. me Finish. On this, Dan. <laughs> no, no. Here's 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 my here's my take on it. Uh, because she just spent an entire movie basically saying, you know, hey, Michael Myers ain't real. Like this isn't a thing we should fucking worry about. To having to worry all about it, understanding the fear, and understanding you know everything these people are, are, are like thinking they're going through. But but she also comes out on the side being like, I don't like what I, now this is me inferring a lot, because there, there's no story <laughs> that does this, it's just like she does it, and that, but it's like she just comes to and is like, man, I don't like what I'm becoming with this, and then she sees the town going through the same fucking transformation that she went through hours beforehand, and is like, wait a second everybody, maybe we should pull back a little bit, and maybe not like start a witch hunt on somebody that, you know, isn't even the guy. Mm-hmm.
0: I think if that's the case, there is nowhere near enough groundwork oh, or character. Oh, correct. That's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> like, to I'm, do- <laughs>
3: I'm doing all the lifting for the movie in that case. Right. And this 20-minute yeah. you know, segment of the film, they could cut it out, make sure. it a solid 90-minute movie, and it probably would have been you know, a yeah. higher-rated film for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, you get... Because I'm going to lend really heavy on what Julio said when he started this discussion, but if you... Because you can get this Frankenstein, angry mob kind of narrative easily with a couple like minute scenes. <laughs> like yeah, you don't need a 20 minute like everybody in a hubbub in the hospital and somebody guy committing suicide and Karen doing this side like savior thing. or like, I'm going to save you, you know, like Julio mentioned, like it just was out of place and it doesn't fit in what we'd seen up until this point or really in this franchise at all, you know, prior to that.
3: I mean, we we got a few, you know, the smaller mob scenes with it. I mean, you you didn't have to, right? I agree. I mean, they just they they took it up a notch. They and went they too just far with work.
2: It. Yeah, I agree, and and it's my wor- It's my least favorite thing of this
3: film by far. But you know, Frank's. Uh, um, I will say, really quickly. This mm-hmm. is the point of no return. Like, I, yeah. I, you know, I was teetering on, like, the, okay, like, it's not good, uh, but, like, there's some enjoyable parts to it. Like, if they can continue doing the Michael stuff, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And then they just spent forever on this, and I'm just like, I'm, mm-hmm. like, it didn't even take me for Brackett to do the line to say the thing. <laughs> like, I, I just went, I, like... But I was like, "Oh, holy fuck!" The guy fell out, and it's brutal. and He's dead, and look at him, like gurgling as his arms all like exploding shit. <laughs> I don't care. And then, and then, then then, then share are the monsters now, and like, right, who fucking right. cares?
2: Yep, nope, yep. It was tough to it was tough to watch, even on a third viewing, as I did this evening. Uh, Frank, you know, kind of admits to Lori in the hospital that he let Michael live back in '78, which, as we know, probably would not have killed him anyway. But Loomis had the gun <laughs> aimed at his head and, you know, Frank uh, diverts the bullet up into the sky and it, he doesn't shoot him in any way. He goes into custody for the next 40 years.
3: Quick, quick As aside on that really out. quickly. Uh, if you see the way he, uh, you know, moves the gun away, uh, he has he lifts Loomis's arm up, which uh, I, I don't know if you recognize this, but there are people standing in front of Loomis. So uh, <laughs> at, at any point, Loomis could have accidentally shot any yeah. of the people in front of him.
2: Yeah, would not so have been good. So, good job, idiot. <laughs> Way <laughs> now, to go, this is, Frank.
0: This is just nitpicking, but I had pictured something different when when he told his story, when Hawkins told his story in the previous movie, and he said that he, he had had the chance to kill Michael, and mm-hmm. he didn't. But well, that's not what happens in this flashback.
2: Right, right. He, I mean... He had the chance to let him die, so well, to speak.
0: Exactly. He stops... Yeah. He, he saves uh, Michael's life... Which is different from like, oh, I didn't kill him. I mean, no, you well, prevented I mean, Loomis from killing him. I mean,
3: he took like six shots at him and missed every single one uh, <laughs> with the aim of a fucking stormtrooper. Tying mm-hmm. it all back again into Star Wars, like this, this guy would be recruited by the fucking Empire as soon as humanly yeah. possible because he can't shoot. But he shot his partner in the neck. First yeah. shot. Oh yeah. <laughs> dead eye aimed murderous partner. See, that's uh, can't, that's can't the, the big secret to, to me. It,
0: I, yeah. I, I thought that that was the, the bigger thing that should be just hanging over his head and i guess in a way it kind of does but you're kind of bearing the lead when you say oh i didn't kill michael myers when really what you should be saying is like oh i killed my partner and they covered it up that's really the the biggest scandal that i mean right is is, is he telling uh jimmy curtis about that too or are we the only people that see it because if he did she kind of takes it in stride yeah i feel (laughs) like
2: we're the only ones that know it to this point i don't think he he said it verbally um in either of the two films but Th- so, that'll be
3: that'll be when they're having tea during lockdown in the pandemic. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
2: he'll be on Zoom and he'll be telling them on Zoom.
3: <laughs> so let me tell you about that time I fucking murdered my partner in cold oh, blood. Man.
2: So we we start to get now to Julio's point earlier. We start to get a little bit of the narrative to where it's being told to us, regardless of what our perception might be as the viewer it's getting kind of, we're getting kind of turned into a certain direction where Michael's not mortal based on the dialogue that's being spoken to us. So, you know, Frank's telling her that whole story about not letting Michael get shot. And he says, look, you know, he's a six-year-old boy. I wrote down the quote. He said, he's a six-year-old boy with the strength of a man and the mind of an animal. Uh, it's not about you, Lori. It's about home. He wants to get home. He creeps, he kills, he goes home. Um, now. Did, did that help you guys at all? Or were you just kind of like, just kind of, that was kind of passerby checked statements out. to you?
3: I'm, I'm checked out at this point. I, I mean, like, right. I, like if there's you know he's no going chance. home, send everybody there. Yeah. Well, that's when <laughs> Lonnie was like, cop. we're going there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, that's when Lonnie and Allison were like, all right, well, that's where we're going then. And so yeah. anyway, my, my next note was that they arrive at the Myers home and we kind of get our final standoff, if, if you will. And, and Tommy and Karen are going to follow. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious because I think Julio did make a good point there that I didn't think about uh, before, which is probably my bias with the franchise kind of creeping in. But I don't know. I did like that commentary because it's kind of like, all right, you're finally telling me like there's a reason why this guy's been shot literally 150 times and hasn't died. <laughs> you know, like I kind of get what you're saying. And then Lori has a little bit more dialogue to add to it in the last segment of the movie that kind of even even elaborates even a little bit more. But I do think Julio had a good point where they should have done this sooner, right? Or or no? Oh,
3: yeah, absolutely. I yeah. agree with that.
2: Yeah, I didn't think about that prior to this conversation, but I think that would have played a lot better for the neutral parties involved. Well, I just um, think
0: that they, they don't behave. They're still hunting a man. And even what Hawkins says, is just he should have said he's a young boy trapped in the body of a supernatural demon that won't die. Mm-hmm. And, and he just wants to go home. So call a priest, call the <laughs> right. National Army. Right. They, they're still acting like, like I mean, and Hawkins was there. He was there that night. He saw everything that didn't kill Michael. So he should be more, I mean, he should have been even more disturbed in the previous movie as well. It, it, it's just crazy. And, and that, that bothers me because, once again, we're in that thing where in the hospital, you're talking about a movie that somewhat seems to be trying to take things seriously. And while you're following the adventures of Lonnie and Tommy Doyle and the two kids, the two teenagers, you're back into just your standard crazy slasher territory. We're just making, they're just making dumb decisions for the sake of cool kills. And the kills are cool, Mm -hmm. but. I, I can't take them seriously when when Lonnie <laughs> he's driving around with these two teenagers, these two mm-hmm. armed teenagers.
2: Yeah, one of then, which is his son. Right. Yeah,
0: and then he okay, okay, so he's cool with that. But then the moment that they get to a point where he might get killed going on his own, he's like, you know what, you guys stay in the car. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. What did you think we were going to like, Baskin Robbins? <laughs> like, you know,
1: back
3: yeah, to um, the we're stronger together. Yeah. But not on, not not right now. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's all attack him single
3: file so he has chances <laughs> to counter us. But <laughs> with, with with the uh, you know that that talk of what he's become, I mean, Doctor Loomis has stated it from the beginning that that's no man. Yeah. He's just pure evil, right? Nobody, but nobody to him. wanted to
2: listen to him. Nope, nope. That's a very good point, and I thought that too. I'm like, Loomis, this guy fucking knew what was up. You know, forty years ago. Um all right, so we get a, a couple more art house kills uh from Michael here prior to the kind of final showdown, but we see that Big John and Little John have been posed just like their wedding photo or whatever it was on the and, uh, I, and Michael obviously set their bodies up to mirror that photo. Did you guys catch that or no? And
3: and, and I want to know, you know, Michael was a little more creative this time. Like mm-hmm. sometimes he would just leave the bodies, sometimes he would <laughs> he agree. would want to, you know. <laughs> propped him up like with the masks and this scene
2: yeah exactly yeah it was it was interesting to see because like i said he hadn't been super inventive uh, throughout the franchise really we also get a callback where he's in the closet and cameron uh you know is kind of like looking for him in the house he finds his dad in the attic and then michael appears from the closet which was prominent in the first movie fucks cameron up on the banister of the staircase (laughs) um Now, look, guys, I'll just tell you right now, I don't know, I guess I'll want to hear what you guys have to say, but I think that our lead, well, I don't know if I'd say lead, but with Laurie Strode being in the hospital, uh, Andy Matichik as as Allison, I feel like is just badass, like in the first movie and in this movie. And we kind of see her kind of come into that character. And I'm talking about over, over the two films. And when you get to this point, she's like, come get me, motherfucker. Like, that's literally what she's screaming to him. And kind of, and this is with a broken leg and whatever at the bottom of the stairs. And then we get another sweet callback to where Michael just kind of like shifts abruptly <laughs> to the top of the stairs. And he's standing there, you know, and the score swells. And of course, he walks down at the pace of a snail, you know. Uh, what do you guys think of the character of Allison in this movie?
3: I really like her in this. It, in one of my favorite scenes with her happens here when she stabs him. And then he just grabs her head and tilts his head sideways, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. fucking bitch, right. like. And I was like, that scene right there was just awesome. Yeah, it, it she's started to at bring me back around again after whatever we got there, you know, ten minutes ago.
2: Yeah, but I feel like she's really empowered in oh, both yeah. both movies, but it's it's at a culmination here. In, well, yeah, it, it
3: definitely built up because you know she started out with you know. You know, talking to her grandmother, but her mom saying how kind of crazy her, Mm -hmm. her grandma is to kind Mm -hmm. of becoming the, how Lori eventually became, Mm -hmm. you know, the strong Lori we really got in H2O. Yeah. Not in the first one.
2: And she's just (laughs) screaming to Michael on her knees and she's like, do it, do it. And she's, of course, talking to her mom who comes in with a pitchfork. Um. And we get that whole scene plays out where it looks like Allison and Karen have kind of overtaken him and he's, uh, you know, unconscious on the stairs or whatever. She takes, Karen takes the mask off.
3: We finally get the Strodes in the film after an hour and a half. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. The central focus of the previous movie, uh, we finally get back in the movie. Who would have, what a concept.
2: So, Karen takes the mask and kind of lures Michael out of the home. Um, obviously, to protect Allison, but for some other reasons, as we find out. And Mike gets to the mask, which is kind of laying there in the street. And then it ends up being a trap. And all of the townspeople are there with their various weapons. And the cars pull up and they kind of corner him.
3: Old Huckleberry.
2: Uh, old Huckleberry's <laughs> there. <laughs> Tommy Doyle, not Paul Rudd, is there. <laughs>
3: Unfortunately, uh, what
2: would you guys think? I, I don't know. I I didn't really. I'm asking because I didn't really know what to think when this happened. I didn't really know what I was going to get here. What What did you guys think, Dan or <laughs> Julio? Uh,
0: I mean, I was I was <sighs> checked out by now, so I was I was just a lot of like rolling my eyes at everything. Even though the scenes on their own are they can work, but the bigger narrative. It already lost me, so I didn't really care. I didn't understand. It's not that I didn't understand, but I, because I couldn't buy the character's actions anymore.
4: Mm-hmm. I,
0: I was just, you know, Judy Greer. I have trouble tracking her logic, her her emotions. Uh, maybe if she had been the protagonist of this movie and we'd actually spend more time with her, I could get into her head and really understand what, what exactly drives her to be. Yeah, kind of dismissive at the beginning of the movie and then extremely altruistic when she tries to save this this mental patient and then suddenly going, well, fuck it. I'm going to go with Tommy, Lo- with Tommy Doyle and just go on the suicide <laughs> right. mission. Right. I know that, you know, earlier in the movie, she was like, we we failed, mom. We did all that stuff we did to Michael. Like he's still killing I'm mm-hmm. like, finally, somebody's talking sense. And then by the end of the movie, by the climax, she's again. She's like, it's just gonna be me on a bunch of townies with baseball bats. Right. And
3: chains, one of them and has a gonna... six shooter where he's it's... gonna shoot Michael like five times in the fucking chest because nobody's be ever fine. done
0: that in this franchise. We get yeah. So
3: you I... wanted you wanted this Halloween sequel to focus on the Strodes a little bit.
7: Uh, <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know. You what you're thinking,
3: guys.
2: Yeah. No, I, I,
0: I'm like if you're gonna if you're gonna do the another Strode story, then show me the Strodes that have evolved from what we last saw in Halloween 2018, because that was part of the the cool stuff. in, in Halloween 2018, was that the Laurie Strode from that movie was a Laurie Strode that had changed based on everything that happened in, yes. in the first halloween mm-hmm. yeah. and you don't see that here with with karen karen is mm-hmm.
2: just
3: a mess she's just going wherever the plot needs her to go right you right. know we, and, yeah. i mean her husband just got murdered you know hours ago and <laughs> she you know, they, i think she they, mentions it in one scene <laughs>
2: and, yeah yeah i mean alice is torn up about it her dad I mean, they, they she misses a few times but
3: they definitely like they could have taken that twenty minutes of you know hospital insurrection and given <laughs> the Strodes a little more story, yeah, and well, still been able to bring that mob to this trap at the end, and and this is at the point where you know this mob is here and you're like, oh, I don't care, Michael can kill all of them for all you know, right. I fucking care because right. I don't like any of these people at this point. Yeah, it's well, we like, get- what is the movie saying in the end? Why are you
0: because it it's built as a movie that's trying to say something and even the the so the movie the, the previous one 2018 i felt that for whatever flaws it had it had a very clear idea of what it wanted to say about uh you know survivors guilt and and obsession and and even on a medicines trying to get you know female victims to reclaim to take power back from their abusers all that stuff it was like you you could see it there and here right. i don't understand what, what we're supposed to be taking away from what happens with the mob like is this a story of how <laughs> uh, like alex likes to say like the real monster is us it's not michael myers it's you because you become okay. this this mindless mob that ends up killing a man except that Michael Myers is not innocent like this is not like Frankenstein oh they're like you know it's in this in the surface it's like that but the whole point of, of of the Frankenstein monster story is that the Frankenstein monster was kind of a uh uh was not innocent but he was not a, a you know, the, the townspeople are kind of in the wrong, you know? Yeah. The, and, yeah. And here, that's not the case. Like, here, they should be people that are, like, defending themselves. But the movie doesn't seem to make a decision of whether they're in the wrong or whether they're the victims. Because, oh, it's not really a trap for Michael. Michael trapped them there.
2: Which <laughs> and, is the, he, he which, is, them. which is the problem with introducing that to begin with. And that's kind of what all of us were saying, I think, when we got to that hospital, quote-unquote, insurrection scene. Was that we introduced a storyline, or they introduced a storyline that they're trying to get us to think outside of the box of a normal Michael Myers movie. And when you get to the end here, they don't tie that up with a bow, right? Like, Michael just fucking slaughters all these people, and I think it's fucking great, and I love it, but it doesn't connect to whatever they were trying to do in the middle of this film. Well, and I all, think that's where you have, that's all, where the issue comes from, you know?
3: All while they're just trying to do it all with a voiceover with it, too.
2: Yeah, so I got some notes here about that. So they're doing it at the tail end of the movie. I like this um, kind of focus that they put on what we are supposed to, I guess, lead into Halloween ends with when it comes to Michael. But I, like I mentioned before, Julio kind of opened my eyes a little bit to the fact that that probably should have been done sooner in this movie. Uh, But anyway, Laurie's still in the hospital. And she's kind of voice-overing as Michael's awakening. (laughs) He's awakening, right? And he's fucking slaughtering everybody.
3: He's taking that ascent into pure evil.
2: Yeah, and she's saying, a mortal man could not survive what he's been through. The more he kills, the more he transcends into something else impossible to defeat.
3: And there was something about like the more fear he gets stronger. Yeah, or and they like mentioned that.
2: the fear uh, of the town is what kind of is the actual legend of Michael Myers is the fear that he instills. Um, you know, I think that's a very powerful piece of dialogue. And we've, you know, we've kind of taken shots at the screenplay tonight. But as far as that goes, that kind of really summarizes like, oh, okay. Now, I, I kind of see what Michael's... I see his deal now, but the problem is, is at the end of the movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you had an hour and a half to not know what the fuck was going on. So the timing of it might be a little bit off, uh, but I do appreciate the approach there. What do you guys think about Laurie's kind of uh, narration of this at the end of the movie? And what do you think about the slaughter of all the townspeople?
3: I mean, uh, good that they murdered all the townspeople because I don't yeah. give a fuck about them anymore. Like, they're they're <laughs> honestly the worst kind of people and I want to see them just die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't care about Laurie's voiceover because, as you guys said, it's too little, too late at this point. Like yeah. you had you had a chance to make this movie actually say something, you know. It, you know, it, you either have the mob beat the shit out of Michael, or you have them feel remorseful for their actions, uh, causing a man to go commit suicide. That they go home, they take their ball and go home. Like I I don't think you can have both because <laughs> uh, at the end it shows ultimately that the mob is going to feel justified like e- pretend Michael Myers dies there does does the mob go okay cool uh an innocent uh man died tonight but we killed the serial killer guys like process is fine we we, we did good like they we're gonna it, go back it, to the bar and have a drink right or, like I you I don't think you can have your cake and eat it too you have to pick one. And they, they decided to pick both, and that makes the ending feel more hollow.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyone else want to elaborate? I mean, I kind of agree with Dan a little bit there, but what anybody else want to elaborate there on the uh, ending of the ending I, of the movie? We'll talk about the final shot here in a second. Yeah, but this, this I, I just
3: think it got to a point that it didn't know where it wanted to go. Because, you know, he, had the, he decided to do this big hospital scene, and then he was like, wait a second, but I kind of want to go this way, too. And it just became a kind of a mess towards the end. Mm -hmm. Like, I I love that whole scene where he, they beat him down and then he just comes back and like, yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, You got yours. Now it's my turn. Yeah. He is risen. Yeah. I love the, (laughs) (laughs) I I love the, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the, uh, the getting stronger off fear is like he, they must've watched nightmare on Elm street. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. week before. And we're like, Ooh, that's, that's a cool concept. Let's throw that in this one.
2: Yeah, I don't know, you know, if you take those other sequels out and you just go 78, 18, and now 2021, and you go those three movies, if I'm able to, like, kind of put myself in that bubble, I can kind of see where Laurie's dialogue is coming from, because she's kind of having that revelation now, it's like which i get you know cuz she hasn't been through h2o and you know all this other yeah, shit which, with the thorn trilogy and all that shit you know so which
3: halloween has the most fucked up timeline of yeah, anything yeah yeah so that's, <laughs> that's another problem true. You haven't too played really the legend of zelda franchise well <laughs> i have yes okay i okay you got yeah. me there
2: rival rival um <laughs> All right. So the uh, by the way, I love when Michael takes a bat to Tommy Doyle's head and the blood splatters all over the camera. Did you guys yep. uh, dig that? That was pretty cool. Um, the final shot. So Judith, or in dum, Judith's dum, bedroom, dum, dum, dum. in Judith's bedroom <laughs> on the top floor of the Myers house, Karen kind of makes her way back there and she's just kind of staring out the window, the same window that Michael apparently is fixated on staring out into Haddonfield. That's Michael's spot, Karen. You're in the wrong fucking place at the wrong
3: fucking time. It it, it obviously Uh. caught her attention, too, because, you know, she wasn't moving. Yeah. Well, she she was watching everything happen down below. Yeah.
2: And we get kind of a semi-recreation of Judas' murder in the 78 film where he's just constantly... Uh, You know, stabbing the knife in a downward motion And she's kind of putting her arms up in defense Which is kind of a a callback a little bit to Judas kill with the exception of being topless But she had to have her Christmas sweater on, guys Well, yeah, yeah, of
3: course
2: Um, So uh, what do you guys think? I mean, was this a dream sequence, you think? Or did this happen? Is Karen dead? What do you guys think? Have you thought about it? Oh,
3: if this is a fucking dream sequence (laughs) In this trilogy,
2: it's over Who knows, It's it's
3: over, I will never watch I will never watch the final movie totally so so. over. she needs to be dead, or this, or they have completely fucked this trilogy I don't, I don't to the think point she'll be where dead. I don't think it's fucking recoverable. All
6: right. I think
3: I think she'll like in the next one. She's going to be in like a coma still or something like that. All right, cool.
2: like, I don't think it's recoverable. Are we going to see Judy Greer again? Uh, probably.
0: I I think it's. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think that it's a dream sequence. If it's a dream sequence, I'm with Dan. Although, to me, the, the in my opinion, this already. It's it's done. I the, the <laughs> betrayal, <laughs> the this installment did as far as like the narrative of Halloween that I was interested in. It's just mm. too much, so I don't even know if I'll watch Halloween. Ends like I probably Come watch it on, because Alex. I will, I, dude, it, this movie lost me. It my right. faith in David Gordon Green as a storyteller went out the window with that those final thirty minutes because it I didn't feel like he knew what he wanted to say. I don't I don't have fa- faith in him. Sticking the landing in a trilogy because he couldn't even stick the landing in the middle chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it well uh, he let's... did for the first hour, Correct,
3: <laughs> <laughs> But, but he, that's, that's taking off. <laughs> that's yeah. not sticking the landing. <laughs> and, but, I mean, the last ten-ish minutes weren't bad. Yeah, they that, that the,
2: chunk, the middle that chunk part really. There. Yeah, yeah.
3: It,
0: I go back to this it. is this is how the movie should have started because my overall feeling was that w- when Lori was given her monologue, which is well written it, it, it makes sense and and you see the you see Michael killing more people, that's where we were at the end of last movie. <laughs> that's we've we've come full circle and we nothing has really been gained uh, it, it, Just imagine if really what happens is Halloween 2018 ends with uh, with Lori. A hundred percent killing Michael. The the three strokes just pull out an H2O and chop his head off and just quarter mm-hmm. him and it's mm-hmm. it's done. And like an hour later, he's out there again killing people <laughs> at the beginning of uh of Halloween kills. And <laughs> right. then she realizes, oh shit, it, this is not a man, even though I should have figured out by now, but okay, now for sure he's not a man. Uh now the other the way that you can get around this is if uh Jamie Lee Curtis is Lori is in a coma, and she's the only survivor. And so Halloween Kills deals with people that haven't experienced Michael Myers at all, ever. Have no idea. He's just killing tourists, people that have no no concept of the mythology. And so you understand that these people think they're fighting a man when they're really not. And the movie ends with Jamie Lee Curtis waking up. And when she realizes that Michael Myers is still alive, then she says... Then she has her monologue and she says, oh, you know, he he just keeps getting stronger or whatever. But that's not what happens here. And in, in, I don't think there's nothing in the narrative of this movie, of this middle chapter, that fills me with confidence that David Gordon Greer... Is not going to David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green is not going to <laughs> fuck it up in the next one, <laughs>
2: right? Maybe David Gordon Green too. We'll see. I don't, hey, know, I, back I don't, know, I don't know
0: what's happening. Uh, um, yeah, all I'm
2: right, thinking. let's segue. Let's segue to our final thoughts on our score then. So we'll do out of five, and we'll do butcher knives. Uh, who wants to go first and kind of just do a brief wrap up of just their overall score of, of
3: Halloween Kills? Wendy. Well, Dan? Where, oh, where, you want me to lead off it? here? All right. Um. I know based off of everything that David Gordon Green has said about this franchise, uh, this is going to sound kind of obvious, but uh, this is the worst kind of fan film that you can ever get for anything, because ultimately, uh, it's two main players. The the two main players it's based off of in Laurie Strode and Michael Myers uh, aren't in a majority of the movie, uh, and instead it focuses on these fucking stupid characters that no one cares about, uh, and doing their own stupid little side plot that no one cares about to do, uh, and that, uh, accomplishes nothing that no one cares about. And they bookend it with, with stuff that actually matters for our two main characters. Uh, I don't care. I hate this movie. I hate that I had to fucking watch it for this thing. Uh, I hate you, Gerald, for even introducing me to the goddamn franchise. I'm Fair so enough. mad at you. Uh, mission accomplished for making me uh, okay. watch these movies. Good. Because Great. they are such a fucking God, train I wreck. I can't
2: wait till Halloween Ends comes out. I'm coming over to you and Ashley's with the fucking Michael mask on and watching the last
3: one with you. On your I couch. I like I, can't I, wait. Long, I long for the days of trick or treat motherfucker. Like that oh, was God. that was like pinnacle oh, fucking halloween to me yeah because he realized how stupid it was and kept going and i was like cool this is just like hey i'm david gordon green i'm a fan of halloween i'm gonna make a really cool movie that all the fans are gonna like and then all the fans are like i don't know david gordon green maybe we do like this i don't know and then dan who fucking hates the franchise goes oh my fucking god please never make another movie again i want to watch your hollywood career burn so, so what's like, your uh, what's your, one your, more. did you give your butcher knife rating what is uh, my butcher knife will be a one butcher knife i fucking wow. despise this movie <laughs> all right uh <laughs> next uh julio what
2: let's go yeah, let's go uh, we're op- going like to the name. hierarchy yeah, we'll go here yeah. of hate to love so julio what did you think
0: man uh four butchers knife. four butcher knives from me out of five Oh, out of five? No, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, out of
3: five. So two. I was like, oh, I, was I was like, like wow. I was like, the commentary wow. Julio, <laughs> you are much more negative on this movie than than I thought you were going to be. No, no,
0: it's it's two stars. That's what two, I, okay. I I was going to give it in Letterbox. When I finally get around to writing my review, uh, it it's it has good stuff that I liked in, in the first half or so. It it's just infuriating yeah. for for the kind of movie that I. Wanted that I expected I was tricked into thinking I was getting. Because if this movie had presented itself as an all-out slasher from the beginning, then I wouldn't resent the fact that it just takes a turn into confusion uh, in the second half. But it it started as something that seemed to be trying to say something about... Again, like the like last movie, obsession and survivors and Mm -hmm. the 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 kind of things that we carry with us through the years and how that affects our logical thinking, all that stuff. And it just it doesn't care. By the end, it's just it doesn't know what it's doing. If it knows what it's doing, it's certainly not communicating it well. Because I really couldn't tell you what this movie is trying to say at the end. And on, I had a, a similar but smaller issue in. The 2018 version because to that felt like that was a movie that really turned into a dumb slasher only at the very end and so the the dichotomy of having two movies that at the same time didn't didn't feel that strong and here it's it's a lot worse so that that's one of the reasons why i just have no uh desire to watch the third one because it's going in the wrong direction it's basically amplified the things that didn't work for me in in halloween 2018 and it's Now, I I like this movie even less. And on kind of a meta textual level, I I know I'm also just frustrated because, I mean, you, Gerald, and Brad, you are being, we're having a pretty good conversation about it. But Mm. I just feel like there is this uh, sense. Around the online community of, oh, if you don't like it, you don't get it because this is supposed to be elevated horror or an elevated slasher. That's trying to no, say something. yeah, I hate and that. I hate that's that. not the case. It's like I, it's just not good. <laughs> I see yeah, what it's, it's, right. Right to it's do. It's it not to your taste, thing.
2: right? No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. sorry. It's not. I'm the Last interested Jedi. to
2: see. I mean, you know, I, I'll ask for. So you said two butcher knives, right? Julio? Two butcher knives. I'll ask five. for. Bras rating next, but you know I I'm interested, Julio. If you do watch ants which I assume you will at least for your show, or maybe we'll do another one of these on my show. But <laughs> I, I wonder, you know what I mean? Like I wonder if that'll change the outlook for this movie uh if all three movies are able to somehow cohesively come together. You know, I'm just curious to see well, how that. Plays I think out.
0: that the best case scenario is that Halloween three is so good that you can just ignore Halloween
2: <laughs> <laughs> kills.
0: You know what I mean? If if Halloween three and I'm going to try to forget what you told me <laughs> of what what that movie yeah, might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, that does yeah. not
3: for I, a good final re- movie make. I really hope that he just <laughs> gives a big middle finger and he just makes Season of the Witch 2. <laughs> I would watch it. that. <laughs> I'd actually watch. Um, is Tom Atkins still alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, Bring I'm back well, Tom later. Atkins. Show me Tom Atkins' ass. I don't care. I literally watch *Season of the Witch* two before I watch *Halloween Ends*. I want wow. *Halloween
0: Ends* to open with Tom Atkins at a bar watching the ending of *Halloween Kills*. <laughs> on a TV and, and then the the credits uh, are rolling and the announcer is like and that's how halloween ends.
2: Wow. And then, and then yeah, you are onto something there. That that would get butts in the seats. Brad, what's your rating out of five butcher knives, man? What do you what do you want to say to wrap up here?
3: Well, it 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 took me a few days before I could rate this. Like I watched it twice and like, like I said, I when ha- when Michael's doing what Michael does, I fucking love this movie. I'm all in for this sure. movie. Uh, the first hour, I was all in. It, it, that that one scene that it just starts to just fall down the hill, and it didn't quite recover at the end. But I still gave it a, a good three and a half butcher nines okay. out of five. Right. And it's probably the lower side of a three and a half. But I, I still love like, that first hour. I just, I really love that first I hour. Can,
2: um, I could probably find out, but you ranked 2018 higher, I assume?
3: I, I did. And that okay. was one. I was a little mixed coming out of it the first time I saw it. Because I hated the the doctor character in that and how yeah. his <laughs> turn went. Mustache twirling. Yeah, yeah. That and the podcasters were just fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, that's a good segue for me <laughs> from our rating then. Um, you know, I think that this is very similar uh, to David Dor- Gordon Green's first stab at Halloween in 2018, because the podcaster storyline really fucked me up in that. I was just like, this is so stupid. Like, if this didn't exist in this movie, how much more would I love this movie? But it's there forever. It's on, it's on film, you know. And the same thing can be said for this movie when it comes to, like, those hospital mob scenes. And the kind of like forced social commentary, you know, evil dies tonight was said so many times in this goddamn movie that I was just (laughs) like, I don't think it's going to die, guys. I think you're maybe you need to knock on wood, you know what I mean? And the social commentary of like evil dies tonight is like, you know, transformative to be, you know, like make America great again or build they're the wall some, or like whatever. You got, got
3: some MAGA there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any kind of like mob mentality, you know, where red hats, people just follow the, the crowd or whatever. And I get what they're doing, but to Julio's point earlier, why are they doing that? Like, and not only that, if you were going to do that, you, you didn't finish it. You know, you started it, you didn't finish it. So, and that's not a Halloween movie for me. So I hate that part of it. And that's really what brought this movie down from like, top tier for me but that's the negative the positive is is that and dan's gonna love me prefacing it with this but as a halloween fan this is what i'm deleting all of your audio this is what i fucking (laughs) salivate for guys like michael uh, you know when he appeared in some of the scenes in this movie like i genuinely had chills uh you know the, the the first scene that we see him in the in the house is on fire and he kind of appears with the score swelling uh, when he does some of his callbacks at the top of the stairs and coming out of the closet and when he appears behind... Even when he appears behind um Karen at the end, when he kind of just like shows up behind her in that scene in front of the window. Uh, just seeing him is just iconic in the horror genre. And I feel like he really knows how to enter a room, <laughs> enter a scene. <laughs> and James Jude Courtney as a shape is fucking stellar, guys. Like, this is the most sadistic and brutal version of Michael that we've seen in 12 movies in 40 years. I don't know if you guys would argue that point or not, but I feel like Michael no, in this movie is just the fuck most fucking like just does not care about anything in his path and we have seen reservations from that character in previous films, but not in this one. I mean, no, he just all I think out.
3: he uh he took Rob Zombie's Michael Myers and just kind of amped him up a little bit as far as his brutality goes.
2: So anyway, uh, to wrap up and not get too long-winded because you guys know I love my mic uh, discussion, but if you take out the hospital scenes or at least you limit them a little bit, it's a lot better. But for me, it's going to be four out of five butcher knives. I've already revisited it twice. I'm going to see it in the theater with my daughter this weekend. She hasn't
3: seen it yet, so that'll be my first time seeing it on the big screen. I I love it. You should be thankful she's over eighteen because she's gonna call she would call child protective services on you for
2: making her watch it. <laughs> it's that right. fucking bad, uh, man. Halloween kills, guys. There you go. So we had a one, two, three, and four, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, oh, no, yeah, uh, right at three and a half. Right at three and a half. So <laughs> that's good. So I guess it is divisive, if nothing else. Uh the contrarians, Netflix and Swill, the cinema guys. Jesus, all these shows, you guys are awesome. A
3: podcasting pantheon. Uh,
2: yeah, I, I'll put I mean, all the information we're no below. We're true
3: crime podcasters bringing anyone their mask, but <laughs> no, I mean, we're we're up there.
2: Uh Julio, tell them real quick, man, where can they find you and Alex, brother?
0: Really? Uh just look for The Contrarians on your podcatchers or check out our website, we are com. Uh like right around the time that Dan and uh, Gerald was going, were going through all the Halloween movies. Alex and I were were taking a, a slightly shortened trip through them too, and it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, so if you thought that I had some wild opinions in this little recording, uh, just hold on to your to your butts because I have thoughts about Halloween, uh, Halloween Z as I call it, <laughs> Rob
3: Zombie Halloween. <laughs>
2: wow! Yikes. <laughs> Uh, Brad, Cinema Guys, where where are you guys at?
3: Uh, same. Any podcatcher, and we are at we
2: Love it, man. Thanks for being here, Dan. Um, you're welcome for taking you through this twelve movie <laughs> journey, <laughs> journey that has spanned more than a year. And I, you know, you don't have to get me gifts for doing this, but just tell the people where they can find you and Caleb.
3: I just want to die, man. Just like <laughs> please. Well, if you'd been in this movie, you'd be dead. N- no, and Michael would take I, no, it No, because I wouldn't. I like. <laughs> Hey, you're all stupid for going after this mass murderer. <laughs> Goodbye now, and then walk away.
2: I'm leaving Haddonfield, which is something yeah, you guys I, should have done deuces. definitely a long time I'm, ago. I'm hopping <laughs>
3: in my vehicle and driving as fast as I fucking can out of this uh, fucking town. Uh Netflix is your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill, uh, including uh my Patreon series with Gerald where I mm-hmm. fucking just r- relentlessly yelled at him for and in the me new year's franchise.
2: And, yeah, and in the new year, two Ps will be housed over there at uh Netflix and So make sure you guys follow him over there. Uh, Dan, what are we doing? We're doing this on the main feed, probably, right? We'll have to put this on the main feed. It's like two hours of you guys. I don't
3: know, dude. I'm not the the, the, the guy who runs the fucking feed. I just edit do the it. shit.
2: Yeah, let's do it. We'll figure it out. We'll let people listen to this. Um, But at a minimum, it's for the patrons, but most likely it'll end up on the main feed. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. To our discussion of Halloween Kills, which uh, was very in-depth, and I really enjoyed it. I want to thank everyone for being here tonight. I
3: know. It's over 90 minutes. Gerald's going to have a fucking
2: stroke. I, I, I don't know yeah, what to is. do. you edit, You got to edit 36 minutes out of this somehow.
0: All <laughs> well right. there's like a, what, 10-minute pee break? Yeah. So, yeah. A pee break.
2: Yeah, yeah we we'll did all go. that. Yeah, we'll We take talk
3: about that. Squid Game during that, and that's more important <laughs> than anything we've talked about here today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, guys. I'll see you next time. I have no fucking idea when that'll be, but uh, maybe never, but I'll see you guys soon.
3: Thanks, every, right. thanks everybody, for being here
2: tonight. Take
3: care. Hey, guys, so this will probably be the last main feed two-piece episode for a good long while. So uh, Chris Yaney actually came up with this idea. I can't claim all the credit for it, but uh seeing as how I'm putting in the episode, I'll, cr- I'll claim like 98% of the credit and 2% of the credit can go to Chris Yaney uh, on this, but... Uh, these are some well wishes from podcasters that Gerald's become friends with uh, who, who love Gerald, uh, or in the case of me, who tolerate Gerald. So uh, here's a bunch of nice messages, and I'll wrap it up at the end. Uh, you know, get the final word in on two pieces I normally
6: like to do. Hello, G-Banger. It's Sam Hurley here from Movie Reviews and 20Qs. Hey, look, really sad to hear the news, man. Very kind of disappointed, kind of disappointed. Listen to your show every week, always enjoy it. Have loved being a guest, but, you know, I know our paths will cross again. I know once more we'll come across each other. Come across each other. Oh, that's probably... it's a bit weird. Ah, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to miss you. Miss you, bud. All the best. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. Cheers.
5: I thought we'd get to see forever But forever's gone away It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday Gerald, your show was so unique. and You were such a generous, witty, and exciting host. I loved being a part of some of your episodes. I will never want to have a conversation about the pros and cons of Captain Crunch with anyone else but you. Good luck in all of your future endeavors, and you are always welcome to the brook whenever you feel like shaking the dust off your microphone. I am so happy to have met you as a podcast pal, and I hope to continue our friendship. Love ya! Melissa from the Brook Reading Podcast.
6: Well, hello, Gerald. G-banger to some. Mentor to many. Podcaster to, well, all of us. This is Paul, obviously. Countdown, Moving TV Reviews Podcast. You've been on it a few times. I've been on your show a shit ton of times, and, and that's why I'm here today to record a goodbye. My version of a goodbye, and there can be only really one song to bed under this emotional moment. us indie podcasters kind of have to stick together we have each other's backs we look out for each other we do the guest appearances we spruik each other on social media and we listen to each other's shows i think most importantly and gerald you know from the beginnings of this sort of current affairs show which wasn't really my jam but i listened anyway because how nice a guy you are and andy too just came across in spades so when we started talking and going back and forth uh this random dude from North Carolina who I would never have met in my entire life were it not for this gift that is podcasting, which goes for most of my indie podcasting, in fact, all of them, really. But Gerald, you're, you're a prince among them. You're a, a real inspiration. You did your show by yourself, getting in different guests, myself included, after Andy decided he needed to step away. And that takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. And you just did it, man. And that's very, very inspiring. I love obviously love the top 5 format I also love the fact that A you're a horror guy and B your top 5 format was actually a, a hidden top 10 format but you didn't call it that because it would take too long to edit A and B uh, well countdown right so it, that was always a real real giggle for me but like I said I think what really matters here Gerald is you're, you closing the show is something that I think is going to affect all of us it certainly has me I'm saddened but I'm encouraged too to hear that you're going to be part of Brain Stew. I hope you'll be back on our show one day and I hope to hear you pop up in all the other indie podcasters and even the little group that you've set up there through the patrons or for the patrons how active that is how much talk there is all the time that's the place we all go to and that's because of you man and I just wanted you to know that from a random bloke in Australia that you've never met and I hope one day we can get together for a big night out with all these other indie podcasts I keep referencing but if not, you may never meet and yet I was moved enough to record this rambling goodbye to you so mate, all the very best you better stay in touch, that patron sorry, that patron twitter thing, that better stay there as well and you better be plugging your head in there with your words regularly so that we can all give you shit and you can just fire off at Dan and ignore the rest of us as you normally do, at least when it comes to shit giving, I mean Gerald, it's been a pleasure, mate. All the very best. Look after yourself and hopefully talk to you soon.
7: Wow. What a ride, Gerald. I really can't believe it's over. What you were able to accomplish within the world of podcasting is truly astonishing. The friends you were able to make in helping build this community is a remarkable feat. I can't say enough how much of a privilege, honor, and absolute blast it always was coming on two-piece to count down some of our favorite subjects. From the spooky to the crazy and outlandish, I always got excited knowing I was going to be sitting down with one of my favorite podcasting buddies, like we were two guys sitting at a bar together having a night out on the town. One of my favorite things I ever recorded was on this show, our top five Elvis songs. It was an emotional recording for the both of us, and I'll absolutely never forget it. This is Justin from Epic Film Guys, and this one's for you, Gerald. Two ps fucking forever, man.
0: Hey, Gerald, this is Julio, as if you wouldn't be able to recognize my voice. I kind of got on the two-piece train a little late, uh, all things considered, but uh, I feel like I still was able to get the most out of, I don't know, a year of two-piece episodes. Uh, I was even able to guest on a few of them, make a few lists with you, and I will always cherish those moments. Uh, Not gonna lie, I'm a little bummed that the show is ending, but I know you're doing what you have to do, and it helps that I know that you're not really going away. I mean, I've we become friends and we talk almost every day online so yeah i mean we're losing two peas in a way but the the friendship is going to remain so that's really what's most important and uh, i look forward to finding out what you do next all your guest spots in other shows and and so on so good luck and uh halloween kill still sucks sorry
3: hey my man gerald it's brad can't believe the two peas is ending it uh i've had a wonderful time getting to know you and i love listening to the show we're gonna miss two peas and i'm gonna wish you all the best on whatever you have next and i'm gonna raise this apple teeny to you
5: what up gerald it's your girl ashley and your boy Drew! We just finished recording an episode of Rabbit Ears, and now we wanted to tell you that we think you're the best. Drew, tell him.
4: (laughs) Gerald, you're pretty awesome. You know that, right? I mean, here's the thing we give you a lot of shit in the chat, and honestly, I think some of us are incredibly bummed that Two Peas on a Pod is going away. However, we love you more than the podcast, we love you more than horror movies. More importantly, we just want you to be happy. And that's what's important, dude.
5: Honestly, I don't know where I'm going to get. Well, I haven't gotten my news from you in a while. So I've been up shit creek with a turd for a paddle. So that will continue. But I am the only person who's ever nice to you. And I love you. And I only want the best for you. And everybody else sucks except for us. So fuck 'em. I love you, Gerald.
4: <laughs> uh, Gerald, the the highest of praise for deciding what's going to be better for you and unfortunately sad for us. But again, we support you. We love you. We cannot wait to see what you're going to do next.
5: And I can see you because you live near me. So there's that.
4: I'm jealous that he lives near you. I want to live near you guys. (laughs) Stupid California.
5: We can just (laughs) move you. It'll be fine. Okay, this is getting long winded. Gerald, you're the best. You're the best. Bye. Bye.
4: Hey, Gerald, it's your boy, Caleb. I just wanted to stop by and tell you that I fucking love you, man. Man, you had a hell of a run. Um, I'm really going to miss the show. And, uh, I mean, of course, you're always welcome at Netflix and Swill, but, you know, I I won't hold my breath. Um, I've always tried to repress this part of myself, but I just find your bald head so sexy. And uh, I, I can't control myself when I think of you. Um, but I wish you all the best in the future, and I know everything you do is going to be great, because you're going to be doing it, and you're great. Goodbye forever, and good luck, and go fuck yourself.
1: Gerald, this is Epic Film Guy Brian, aka Loisauce, aka the god of podcasting. Uh, just rose from the dead to send best wishes on the next step of your journey. You had a hell of a run with two P's. And I've always been in awe of your work ethic and your enthusiasm. Any podcaster should aspire to the level at which you are consistently operating, and I'm so proud of you, man. You were so gracious to have me on as a guest several times. I mean, top five Disney songs, top five women of horror, top five LGBTQ plus movies, top five 90s horror and you even extended me the position of co-host of the Golden Pea Awards, which I was just so honored to be a part of. Uh, but these aren't just episodes of a podcast. These are memories and very special memories at that, and I'm grateful for them. So thanks for all the great times, happy trails, and I'm always here to chat movies with you always.
3: Uh, so, thank you to everybody who reached out. I'm sure there are plenty of other people who, you know, missed my tweet where uh, I had to gain the system somehow by uh, blocking and unblocking Gerald so he would unfollow me so he didn't see the tweet. Uh, and I know, like, there's a lot more people who, who have love for Gerald than uh, just the people who provided audio. But, uh, Gerald, we're going to miss two peas. I know you got other stuff in the hopper. I know you're, you're guessing on brains too. You got a, a thing... That I, I don't know if it's been announced yet or not, but you got that too. So you're not going away forever, but uh, you will be missed on Two piece. Uh My verbal abuse will also be missed, which is why I'm closing the show, because I'm a narcissist. But, you know, uh, we love you, Gerald. Thanks for doing the show. You know, you brought a lot of people together. Uh, there's a lot of people I probably wouldn't be talking to if it wasn't for you in the first place. So, you know. You're okay sometimes, I guess. Uh, Your opinions on most movies, though, dog shit. Complete dog shit. So don't do a movie podcast, is my advice to you. Do literally anything else. You'll be great at that. But uh, thank you, Gerald, for being you. And being a a person that I sort of call my friend. So thank you. And uh, goodbye forever.